Can you name a book? The Book of Lies. The book that's most changed my life. The books have nothing to say. The most correct of any book on earth. This book is fantastic. This book is going to, you know, scare people. This book is not a bedtime story. This book is out of control. Oh, truck drivers would love this book. You must burn the books, Montag. That's my second favorite book of all time. I'd like to bear my testimony. I know this book is true. You're listening to the Book of Darren. I've got my fantasy football draft coming up, and I wanted to talk to someone who knew a little more about football than me, so I called my insurance agent. Jake Weber is a longtime friend of mine, and I love talking football with him. He keeps up with college, pro, and he has a lot more experience in fantasy football than most. Enjoy this episode with my good friend, Jake Weber. How excited are you for football season? Pretty excited, as I am every year, I think. I don't think I realize it until, you know, maybe like preseason starts. And then after preseason starts, that's probably the longest three weeks of the year, I think. I don't really enjoy preseason all that much, but when the when football season ends, the Super Bowl is over and I wake up the next day with the hangover. I'm sad. It's like, well, what am I going to do on Sundays now? What am I going to do on Monday nights? What am I going to do on Thursday nights? Yeah, exactly. What am I going to do in between Monday and Thursday with my fantasy roster? I mean, <laughs> every day is, is is football. Every day is football during football season. And like I, the first week, I'm just going to be on the couch from 11 o'clock in the morning until 10 p.m. at night. And I'm going to watch it as much as I can. Yeah, I always feel really bad when I'm watching, you know, the Red Zone on DirecTV. And, oh, God, what's his name? Very distinct guy. And I can't think of his name now. He has some ears on him. But um, he, he'll say right before it starts, you know, don't move. You know, there's no commercials, you know, live football for the next seven hours straight. And I am there till it's over. And it's it's not like sad, but it's like he tells you like your whole day, basically right there. And you're <laughs> like, oh, wow, <laughs> seven hours. OK. And week one is it's set up to be pretty good. I was just looking at some things. My team plays on Thursday night versus the Bills, which that is that's a good game right there. Rams still, Bills. still going to be a Rams fan this year, huh? Yeah, I think it helps that they won the Super Bowl. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll sign on again for this year. <laughs> I think that's a smart play. They didn't lose a whole lot. I think, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be good. Picked up old Bobby Wagner. Yeah, Seattle's going to be terrible this year. I was looking at their roster and it's crazy. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Who's the quarterback? Gino? Or they have that Locke guy. Drew Locke. He's okay. Yeah. No, I just, yeah, I was looking at it. I mean, obviously they still have uh, the physical wide receiver. What's his name? DK Metcalf. DK, DK. Obviously they still have him, but is he going to be the same? You know, who's throwing him the ball, that type of thing. But you also have Seahawks and Broncos, Monday Night Football, week one. That is going to be- I may watch it. If I have some guys playing or something, <laughs> no, it'll be good. It'll be good to see uh, Russell. That they set that up really well for Monday night. Hell yeah, they did. Russell Wilson's first Where game is as a Bronco in Seattle. That's crazy. That's gonna be crazy. Well, you also have though Baker Mayfield as a Panther, Panther. but that one is Browns at Panthers. 
So it's not as exciting, but still a, a very good game. It's halfway there. Yeah, that Russell and Seattle is... And I mean, yeah, Baker, I mean, that's on a whole different level. I mean, Baker didn't win a Super Bowl with that team and, you know, he wasn't there for a decade or whatever. So but he did get the Browns to the playoffs. He did. And actually, you know, I don't know what their like off field, whatever was, but I thought he was good. I think he's okay. You know, is he the best? No, obviously, but he's exciting. And he had a lot of good people around him, I think. I just don't know what what happened behind the scenes that led to him being traded. I think that's such bullshit that the Browns ditched him for a very controversial Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I don't. Is he gonna play ever again? <laughs> like, well, I don't he, know. <laughs> he had what was his first suspension? It was like four games, but then the NFL got some bad publicity and said, "Oh, we're gonna take a second look at that." And so now it's, what, 11 games that he's not going to play? I don't even know the final number, to be honest. I just figured, like, that's some serious stuff that he's dealing with and or dealt with. I don't know if it's over or not even, if they're still coming out of the woodwork or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's they didn't get anything out of that. I mean, maybe they're signing up for a low first-round pick next year. <laughs> if you are the GM of the Browns, do you go after Deshaun Watson? No. Mm-mm. he's good he was good flashes of some good stuff but that's too risky i think do you think this shuts up all of the people who say that colin kaepernick deserves a second chance and that the nfl blacklisted him i i absolutely hate that argument because i'm a football fan so yeah. when, before that argument starts i'm like hey he was on the bench when that started Nobody was looking for him. And it, years have gone by now. Every single year in the NFL, there is a bunch of new young guys that come into the league who are going to be better than an aging Colin Kaepernick. But for with sure. The, and with the Deshaun Watson thing, here's something obviously bad, but Deshaun Watson is good. So there are teams that want him. Michael Vick went to prison. And when he walked out of the prison... There were probably 10 GMs standing there. Well, hell, how's it going, Mike? Uh, you thinking about coming back to the NFL? Um, because he could play. Uh, the NFL cares a lot more about whether or not you can play than what you're saying and doing off the field. So he must be able to still play. <laughs> yeah. He's still a conversation this many years. I mean, when, when did he go in the league? 2012? Was it even that long ago? I don't That's know. I'm expecting you to know guess. that answer. Yeah, 2011, 2012 is, is my best guess. That's that's a decade. That is a long time. For some reason, I pictured him as be only being in the league like five or six years or something. What's his? What's the Colts quarterback's name? The one that retired. Luck. Luck. He was in the league for seven years, which is obviously now talking about a shorter time than Kaepernick has been involved in the league, at least. And this guy's retired. So, yeah, I, I mean, I've, or you, you could be crazy. And I don't know even how many seasons. What is Brady on? What was it 2000, 2000 or 2001? Something like that. It's over 20 years now. His NFL career can drink legally, I think. I mean, I've been watching Tom Brady play football most of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely thought he was done 
here recently. <laughs> Tom Brady's interesting because I went from rooting against him every single time. It's like, I'm so tired of Tom Brady. Tom Brady sucks. But around Super Bowl win number five, I sort of changed my opinion to like, well, it's interesting that I get to watch this guy play and he is the best without a doubt. I can't hold on to anything else. Joe Montana. No, that's, that's true. I mean, I think I was similar, you know, it was like everyone's on this Tom Brady bandwagon and I'm just like, oh, whatever. And then now, if you ask me now, I'm like, yeah, he's the best to ever do it. Sorry. I mean, statistically, I mean, show me someone else. You can't. In, in every statistical category. Yes. He's had the benefit of 20 years, which maybe Joe not Montana like rush didn't. yards or anything, but <laughs> rushing yards. Yeah. There was something like uh, when Lamar Jackson crossed a thousand, I saw some stat was like, it took Tom Brady 17 years to hit a thousand rushing yards. Oh yeah. I saw something like that recently too. It was with, cause Carson Wentz went to the Steelers and they were talking about, I, I don't, when I think of him, I don't really think he's, I don't think mobile, like that's not my first thing. And he has more rushing yards already in his, I don't know. He's been in the league, maybe what, five years, maybe a little longer. I'm not sure, but he has more rushing yards than Ben Roethlisberger does in his <laughs> whole career. So I was like, wow, they're getting a mobile quarterback. <laughs> How do you think Tom Brady's going to do this year? Do the Bucks win the Super Bowl? No, I don't think they do. Um, I'd be biased, obviously, because they're in the same, you know, conferences, the Rams. But I think they're in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. I uh, gosh, I read something the other day that surprised me. Last year was Tom Brady's best fantasy year of his career. Really? Is that nuts? That is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, by like 30 or 40 points. Like, that's a game, you know? Yeah, great game. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty above average game. Who would you, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl then? Are you just going to automatically say Rams? Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's some good teams out there. I think some good young teams. I got a thing kind of, you know, I'll watch the Chargers. I like watching them with their they got some good talent with good young quarterback um who else um that's tough trying to think of afc Anything? Bengals again i don't know that's that seemed like a cinderella story it does seem like a cinderella story i was looking at like a nfl power rankings on espn last week mm-hmm and it had the Bengals at like number four, number five. And I was just like, I don't know about that. But part of that is like my whole life, the Bengals have not been a good team. No. So I just automatically never. discount them. I mean, pre this Bengals, it's like Chad Ochocinco is the Bengals I know. You know, like other than that, I don't know <laughs> anything else that great. You know, besides last year. And I think they do have some really solid players. You know, like, what's the word? Just, you know, skilled position players. I guess that's the word. You know, Jamar Chase. and Like, their receiving core is, is pretty good. 
and their running back is phenomenal. Mixon is a beast. Yeah, and he's been in the league a few years now. Yeah. What is old, it about running sooner. backs in the league where they're the biggest thing ever for two years or three years, and then they just bounce around to seven teams as the backup running back? Why is that? I mean, it could be – I've never thought of it, I guess, but it could be contract stuff. You know, they have these – two or three phenomenal years on a rookie contract and then they want all the money you know which you know they should you know and then you know i don't know who's making the decisions but they're probably like well we got this guy you know or we can get this guy for a quarter of the price with fresher legs you know i don't know i have no idea that's my best take on it probably because i mean you had guys like Le'Veon bell and todd Gurley that were absolutely unstoppable i thought they were both like the next adrian peterson both of those guys like Gurley is you know physical stature speed strength like i thought they were twins you know they they, uh, yeah that was unfortunate i don't even know what happened i mean obviously he had some injuries but it's just that was the weirdest fizzle out i've ever seen yeah, and Le'Veon Bell like, had those amazing seasons and then did that stupid holdout for money thing. And now if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you where he is or what he's doing. I have no idea. I know what he's doing. <laughs> I saw it on TV the other day. <laughs> You're not even to believe this. He's boxing Adrian Peterson. No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. My money's on Adrian Peterson, even though Adrian Peterson could probably be his dad. Yeah, I think technically he could probably be his dad. Well, I don't know. He's uh, he's 37. Adrian Peterson is 37? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I know his birthday, but I do. Gosh, that sort of makes me feel like a loser. Adrian Peterson had a long career in the NFL, and he's the same age as me. <laughs> At least I'm a little younger, so I'm, you know, but I, I'm still on that same level. Right. There is still a chance you could have a storied NFL career, but it's yeah. over for me. Yeah, no, I think I could I could kick some field goals probably from like where they used to have the extra points. <laughs> yeah, from the old <laughs> spot. But it, it was like Todd Gurley was so dominant on the Rams. I remember two times in one season, he ran to the end zone and stopped at the one yard line so they could mm-hmm. kill clock. And I do remember that. That is on such another level where you are so much better than everyone else, you're choosing not to score a touchdown. That's just, yeah, smart football. And not, if I had a guess before that, I'd be like, yeah, he probably has a big ego and wants, you know, all the stats. But right there just kind of tells you, oh, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and is he is he playing? Is Todd oh. Gurley on a team? I, li- I kind of liked, like, his look, you know. I thought it was exciting, like, oh, he's going to Atlanta. Because there are some good running backs that have come out of Atlanta. and. Well, and it's back, you know, back to where he played college. And I don't know. I thought it was cool, but that didn't work, obviously. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Is he in the league this year? No. He's on the Dolphins practice team? I would guess nothing. He's (laughs) like Antonio Brown type, not in the league. Well, Antonio Brown not being in the league, that was a disaster. Yeah, those two guys, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, that team was fun to watch. It was amazing. The um, killer bees. Did, did you see that statement Antonio Brown made? It was probably like three or four weeks ago 
about how his biggest regret in pro football was that he never got to watch himself play live because it was the most amazing thing ever. And he's thankful that other people got to see him live, but he was ever never able to see him live. And he compared him playing live, and this is not a joke, to Jesus performing at Red Rocks. I believe it was the Beatles or Jesus performing at Red Rocks was how he viewed his performance on the field, which is how you think he wrote it. Could you imagine like writing that? Oh, I guarantee he wrote that because if you asked me to write something and you're feeding me lines that you're as important as Jesus at Red Rocks, I'm I'm changing that a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, let's tame that down a little bit. Yeah, you would. Yeah, he would tell him to compare himself to like Jerry Rice or something, not... Not Jesus or the Not Beatles. Jesus. I am going to compare myself now that way in, in everything I do. So yeah, I'm as good as Jesus at Red Rocks when it when it comes to podcasting. Uh, That is, I'm just kind of, he had to have been under the influence of something. Just like be even thinking of that in his mind, like him watching himself play. Like, like, did he think about, oh, God, I just remember when he got laid out one time so bad. It was dirty. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, know that, that specific bad. hit because when he did that, uh, take all of his clothes off and quit, <sighs> um, there was uh, on Twitter, there was like this thing of uh, this was all caused by perfect. Here's the hit that made Antonio Brown. Well, I was just thinking that. I think that's after that hit. I mean. Nothing good came after that hit, I don't think. Not a whole lot anyways. Maybe a few yards and re- touchdowns, but gosh. yeah, He was another guy that's like, that is, you know, if he stayed true and just did his job, he'd be up there with some of the best, I think. Oh, I agree. And, and Tom Brady sort of has that reputation of, hey, I'm going to take the wild, crazy wide receiver that's amazing under my wing and... Look, do you want to win a championship, Randy Moss? Do you want to mm-hmm. cha- win a championship, Josh Gordon? Um, I know you guys can catch the ball. Josh Gordon. All you have to do is behave. Oh, yeah. And that's what you want is you want you want to be catching balls from that type of quarterback. I mean, he's he's going to find you more times than, you know, some to one two-year guy in the league you know trying to throw you the ball like this guy's gonna find you if you're open you're getting the ball oh yeah and he's like your Lamar Jackson so he's not gonna run the ball so he's gonna throw it gosh yeah he was good his slants were something else sometimes yeah Tom some with Odell I mean I kind of put them together I think they're both about the same talent wise Odell's season on the Browns was kind of unfortunate or was it two seasons? It was at least a season and a half, just because I know the half, you know, was last year. And then I'm pretty sure, yeah, full season, may- maybe even another one, not 100%. I watched a, I don't know if it was a 30 for 30, but there was this piece about wide receivers being divas. And very, I, I was intrigued by it because a lot of them are, but they sort of in this made a really good case for them where, as a wide receiver, you almost never get to choose when you get the ball. You have to depend on somebody else giving you the ball. If that person doesn't like you, you might not get the ball. If you were hit and dropped the ball two plays later, they're not going to pass it to you, but you still have to go run that route. And then 
or block <laughs> or try block. To, try to block. So that is interesting. Like in, in football, there are players who can go their entire career with never touching the ball. So it, it's an yeah. interesting sport like that. If you play basketball, you're going to get the ball. If you play baseball, you get your turn. If you're an offensive lineman, you'll never score a touchdown. There's a good chance you might never touch the ball in a football game. Yeah, I think if you are, it's a good thing. Yeah, if you're an offensive lineman and you get the ball, it's like well, a recovery. No, or offense. Or... Yeah, or offense, right? If it isn't your job to touch the ball and you're touching the ball, that you just did something special. You just saved, you know, you still have the ball. What do you think of the commanders? The name specifically? Not used to it yet. That's the first kind of first thing that popped into my head. Every time I see it, I'm just like, what is that? But it's, you know, the Redskins. I don't know why they had to. I mean, I don't know. It'd be weird. Just, you know, if every team changed their name all of a sudden. I mean, I get why they did it, but it's different. It's weird. I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't know. I didn't with... see the final list, you know, so I don't know if like that was by far the runaway train like name. Yeah. Like this other one is not good at all. I mean, it's probably better than the Washington football team. I disagree. I liked Washington. You football liked that team because it, it's sort of just the simple name implies that they had to change it. And so I don't like going to an interim name. If you're going to change the name, change it during the off season. Don't oh, run yeah. a full season as the Washington football team. Yeah. Like don't buy any merchandise. Like, <laughs> you know, within a year, that is old news. That it, t-shirt is no good. Yeah. And the commanders is a dumb name. My I should have been in that, charge of it. You know, <laughs> it looks familiar. I just, I don't know. I wonder is Washington football team merchandise going to be like a hot commodity more so than Redskins? Cause we I had a hundred years yeah. of Redskins merch. Yeah. I mean, technically, you know, there's only so many of those shirts or jerseys, um, cards, you know, football trading cards. Do you think they'll do in, in 2041 a throwback to the Washington football team jerseys? I don't know what they look like, but I, yeah, they should. They will, I think. Something. Yeah. Are there any other problematic team names? I guess they would have looked at that right away. It's mostly animals now, right? Lots of animals. Lots. Majority. We should start a campaign with PETA that I guess animal the Bucks, team name is offensive. Buccaneers. Buccaneers. That I mean, someone could say that's offensive. Patriots. We're that living too. in a time now where it's not cool to be a patriot. That is 100% accurate, which sucks, but that's <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> um, yeah, Patriots, Bucks, um, Jets. Sorry, now they're all coming to me. The non-animals it is funny, though. The amount, I mean, they're all animals, 90% of them. Saints, Saints and Steelers, Texans. How, oh my gosh, that's offensive. That is. Cowboys. If you have to get rid of Redskins, let's get rid of Cowboys too. Cowboys is like on the line though. Cause like there is an animal name cap, you know, I don't know. That's a stretch, but yeah, there are still Cowboys today, I guess on some level. Very much. I think, yes, they still exist. And they're not spending their time going after native Americans or Redskins anymore. No. Does it change the Thanksgiving game? That it's now going to be the Cowboys and the Commanders. It, I just, it, 
it won't, you know, after a while, but right now it just, it just kind of sounds different. It doesn't, you know, I don't know, maybe roll off your tongue type sound. Just sounds weird. I'm just not used to it yet. Do they have like a mascot or a logo? I don't even know. What is the commander logo? I haven't seen it. If I had to guess, you know, it would be like a Iron Man knockoff or something. Right? Isn't that the first thing you kind of think of? You know, his like sidekick. War Machine? Yeah. Like that's kind of. (laughs) Okay. I'm looking online right now and the commanders is just a W that says commanders below it with two feathers that are white and yellow beside it feathers they left some behind i guess i don't know why feathers would it be in the commander's logo i guess as an homage to the redskins yeah that's what i'm thinking it's stupid i should have been in charge of this they blew it i don't even like the redskins or the commanders no but i just can't imagine putting that logo together and just here it is and we added these feathers and what what's a commander they should have gone something like the senators it's just like a jpeg of some random commander from the military that's their mascot oh i bet that doesn't even fly can't have military no no no, it wouldn't (laughs) no i don't know i yeah they're unless i have uh, antonio gibson on my fantasy team i'm not there isn't a whole lot there to watch let's talk fantasy have you ever played fantasy football yeah i have i'll be honest what was the first year you played fantasy football 2007 2007 so you have some experience doing it i was i i should is that 15 or would this be like 16 i should count it i don't know if i if it is 16 i missed you know some anniversary last year all right the first question i want to ask about fantasy football is what percentage is effort what percentage is luck and what percentage is knowledge the great question i would like to actually know the actual truth of that you know answer i'm sure there's some algorithm out there that could figure it out um okay you said luck knowledge knowledge, strategy effort okay i'm gonna go probably i don't know 40 percent luck what do i got left here i'm gonna go 40 percent effort and 20 percent knowledge i like that breakdown i think that is a good breakdown Because I'm sure we've both been in a league where, you know, your buddy's friend's wife was put into the league because you needed one more person to be in it. Oh, and then she's she's in the championship, 100%. She's she's in the championship with an auto-drafted team that she never changed from day one. And there were three different games where there was someone. She on had two roster moves. She had two <laughs> roster moves the whole yeah, year. Two roster moves and several players that were on bye weeks that competed in her starting lineup. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, that's a lucky situation, but it happens sometimes, you know, they, they drafted, you know, their auto draft went well, you know, didn't put a lot of people on the same bye weeks. And then luckily no one got hurt and, you know, her, this god this sounds bad since say her her significant other you know made sure the lineup was set every week um not saying that you know girls can't be really good at fantasy football I, that's just the what i've seen you know is the help and they just needed to fill a spot type of thing but i'm has sure you, there's some good players out there has your wife ever won a championship in that scenario with you running her team I'm going to say yes, probably. <laughs> that happened, right? Was that? 
I think so. I think I remember you telling me about a league that. Oh, um, no, no. I remember it. This is perfect example. We were just talking about it. This is insane, right? So I'm drafting for her too. And I'm more focused on mine, obviously. Right. And then it's her turn. And I'm just, you know, almost not saying best available, but you know, like, okay, yep. That's, that looks good. That looks good. You know, that type of thing we get done with that draft. And I was like, what the, like I had five guys with the same bye week and like three guys starting that had the same bye week. And it was, I had drafted her Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my gosh, that is terrible. But she won that year. And that was, you know, ironically the year that, you know, statistically they were, you know, those guys, those three together were getting you 60, 70 points a game from those three. Yeah, Sometimes more, I bet. Right. But, you know, probably average 60 points a week from those three that year. It was crazy. What's your your winning percentage? How often are you in the top three in a league? I don't know that. But I this one league, the league that I started in, it's still the league I'm in today from 07 and probably... 80% of the same guys that we started with, which is, I think that's pretty good, you know, considering, you know, none of them were married and none of them had kids, you know, and then still being able to, and, you know, not of none of them live here and, you know, so it's, it's crazy, but I was looking, so we started on Yahoo. We're still on Yahoo. I think Yahoo, I think it's better. I think it looks better. I've, I do ESPN as well for this other league I'm in, but, I just like the way Yahoo looks anyway. So I have, you know, 15 years of data in Yahoo. And I think it was like 68% win, which I, I thought that was pretty good. You've won over 50% of the years. Yeah. Well, no, that like my overall record. Oh, okay. My overall record is like 68% win, Yeah, which I, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that's great, especially over 15, 16 years of doing it. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, obviously that's where, what did we say, 40 and 20? You know, so maybe I have the 60% every year. It's just whether that 40% luck plays into it a little bit. Um, but yeah. If I want to have a 78% or 68% win percentage like you, what do I need to do? <laughs> have some knowledge, obviously. Some effort and some luck. <laughs> I always kind of pay attention to like the combine and I don't know. I feel like I'm decent at, you know, finding those you know possible breakout stars last year. I mean, it may have looked crazy in the draft, but I gambled not maybe not gambled, but I, you know, I drafted uh, Chase. What's his first name? Jamar. Jamar Chase. He was on my squad as a rookie. You know, that's whenever it's a rookie, that's, but I, I gamble like that probably every year. I always pick a rookie, you know, that's, and, and I had Najee Harris. I drafted him as well. And I think finished second in rush yards, maybe something like that. I mean, that's crazy. I would rookie. agree. You, you definitely have an eye for that. I've been in a fantasy football league with you once or twice. And I remember um, the year Le'Veon Bell set out, you had an early draft pick of James Connor. And I remember thinking like, Jake's an idiot. 
He doesn't know what he's talking about. I've never heard of this James Conner guy. And Le'Veon Bell is going to be back within two or three games. So that was a dumb pick. And it turns out he tore it up. And I think it, it might have been the year before, but uh, Kareem Hunt it was like, I've never heard of that guy. And it was his rookie season. And that was a good pick. Yeah, that was a good pick. Nobody else had ever heard of him. Who's Kareem Hunt? Uh, and it know? was even better. Like, you know, someone can have a, a whole good first year, but I'm pretty sure they played like a Thursday night, like first game of the season. And Kareem Hunt had like 30 points. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think that is part of it. Like just knowing or just knowing situations like is that the guy, you know, like if we're talking about running backs, you know, that's first and foremost, you want to be picking the guy, not the guy that shares a lot of carries, you know, like split that there do a lot of teams are doing that now. And it's harder and harder to find those last year was Jonathan Taylor, but you know, the guy that's going to carry the rock, they're going to give it to him 25 times a game, you know, maybe even 30. That's I had read that about Najee coming in. That's why I draft him. I read something that they were going to, he was going to be the workhorse. And I just relied on, he's going to get a crap ton of carries, which I don't care if you're averaging three yards a carry or five yards. If you get 30 carries a game, you're probably going to have 90 at you know least amount of yards is 90, you know, probably and throw in a couple of touchdowns. Like that's a good game. Yeah, it is frustrating how many teams are splitting the the carries for running back. It, yeah, I don't like it. You know, I feel like there's a, a rhythm, you know, that those guys get into out there. And if one goes in for one play and comes out and another guy comes in, I, I don't know. I, I think it, I know there's different schemes and that's beyond my pay grade, but I like the three down back. Yeah, or... Um the Patriots for a while would have a guy run the ball and then they'd be in goal line. They'd put their, their thicker yeah. running back yeah. in. Yeah. I don't like those situations either. I and stay so away it's like, from those. I just got a guy that ran 87 yards on this drive and we get to the goal line and you're putting somebody else in. Mm. So frustrating. That's, that is in fantasy, probably the most frustrating thing when, you know, your guy gets caught from behind, you know, after a 70 yard run. <laughs> His points literally could have doubled on that play for one more yard. You know, speaking of, I was thinking about it the other day because I knew we were going to talk about it. The first year I played, and I don't know if it wasn't a feature or maybe it was a feature and our commissioner didn't know, but we did not have fractional points. It was whole points. That's a problem. And like after a while, this is my first year. I don't know a whole lot about it. And I, I, I think a lot of for them was their first year too. But I was like, this is going to lead to some weird stuff. Like A, tons of ties. Maybe not tons, but more than possible with fractional points. And B, like I, I laid out a scenario where I feel like a team that should have won with fractional points could lose to someone with whole points. Oh, certainly. Because now you're talking about rounding. Yes. And you don't, if you have 11 yards, you have 10, you have one point. You don't have two. You don't get two till you get to 20. So yeah, like there's a So if I have 18 there. yards, it's one point? It's one point. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's bullshit. That's unacceptable. Yeah. So I can't remember if it was like done after that year and we fixed it or if 
you know, we were able to change it in that year. I, I don't know, but it, I just remember that being crazy. Sweet. And I've seen, I've seen a fractional tie. It's, it's crazy. All a fractional the like, tie is wild. Yeah. Like think of all the circumstances that go into those points that Be- things happening. Because all the get. fractional points I've seen are two decimal places. They are. You're going yeah. into the hundreds. Yeah. So to have a tie that comes down to hundreds of a point, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you know, obviously seeing a lot of close games, you know, losing by two hundreds. Like, what is that? That's, how do they even calculate? Like, how do they, like, they added in his six inches that he ran? You know, like, that's what kind of fraction we're talking about there. I saw once that a person had beat someone else and it was insanely close. And then like Tuesday morning or Monday morning when the points were adjusted. Oh, it changed. It changed. Mm -hmm. And the person went from winning by a half a point to now losing by three tenths of a point. I've, I've, I think it's gotten a lot better. Obviously technology has gotten a lot better in the last you know x amount of years with fantasy but i saw it more often you know years ago i'm pretty sure it could probably still happen but i it used to be every tuesday you know you would you know if you took a screenshot i don't even know if a screenshot was around then but you know you would go home like points changed a tiny bit and now i don't see it as much but yeah i've seen that that's and that that is a heartbreaker yeah that's a real drag but those are heartbreakers I mean, a Monday night game, you know, that just comes down to the last play. That takes a lot of things to happen, right? Obviously, those two people had to be playing each other. I don't know that there's a lot that goes into that that happens. And that's those are exciting games. I love a Monday night game where, you know, I'm playing against you and you have a wide receiver and I have a kicker. And we're going into the game very close. <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that I really love that in Monday yeah. night, especially, and you can have a guy who has two players playing Monday night and you have none, all your players have played. And so now you're just rooting for the game to be low scoring and boring so that your teammate doesn't get any points. It is crazy what fantasy does to viewership. I mean, <laughs> It's hard to explain, but, you know, people who don't play fantasy obviously don't get it. Uh, They would if they played, but I mean, you're not, I'm not just a Rams fan, you know, that's going to watch the Rams game. I'm watching a lot more games than I would have before, you know, because of this, especially if you have more than one fantasy team, which, you know, that's a whole different thing. You know, my recommendation for people with multiple teams, if you're like me, I like to try to keep similar players. I mean, I know that's going all in on, you know, one thing, but I cannot not stand having a guy go off in one league and I'm playing him in my other league. I, it's, it is the weirdest feeling and I hate it. So I try to stick to it. And it's hard because, you know, your different draft picks and stuff. But once you get, you know, midway through, you know, you, you can pick those guys, you know, and I try to do that because it's, it's unfortunate to be playing yourself, you know, your other player, because it's like, yes, but no, it's, it's, it's a weird. It is. When I started playing fantasy football, it was a huge change because it was like, okay, I like the Seahawks. And then there's this team that I enjoy watching because they're fun. 
And then yeah. that team changes from year to year. And so mm-hmm. I'd have two or three teams that I really cared about watching. But once I started playing fantasy, it's like, dang, all of a sudden the Bengals and <laughs> Panthers are playing at 11 o'clock Sunday The morning. Commanders and the Jets are about to kick off. I can, I just made some popcorn. I cannot wait for this game. Right. And yeah. the only thing I care about is the receiver for the Jets. I don't care yeah. about anything else. I don't care about the score of the game. I just need this guy to catch the ball over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. I need Antonio Gibson to do this. I need Terry McLaurin to do this. I mean, there's not a whole lot of other people in that world. I don't even know who the Jets, who you would have. Both New York teams this year are going to be insane garbage. The Jets and the Giants. I think the Giants do better than the Jets. I would agree. Historically, that's the case. Well, you know, they're QBs. And I was, you know, looking at this and I, I still like Saquon Barkley a lot. He's one of those guys. He's one of those guys that we were talking about earlier. He's uh, Adrian Peterson. He's a Le'Veon Bell. Like he's physically, I mean, he can create his own holes, you know, like there's not a lot of guys in the league like that. I mean, Nick Chubb is another one that I would say is physically you know, three down back can also also has a good top end. Like there's only a few out there and Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley. Those are the, you know, the two right now. Najee Harris, Harris, watch out. We're awesome, but on terrible teams. Yeah. And that's what happened to Saquon last year. They had a terrible line. I tried to, I had him, you know, I went high on him last year. He was coming off injury. I'm like, he's going to be the same guy. But it was team issues, you know, um, they didn't have a good line and the quarterback wasn't wasn't ready yet. And so he could never give anyone any time. It was, the, it was some of the worst offense I saw last year was the, the Giants. Yeah, they're not doing so hot. So I think they've gotten better. And I think Saquon has a decent year. Top top 10. That's my guess. Are you saying that because he's on all your teams? No, I haven't drafted yet. <laughs> no, no, I have a draft. Sunday. That's my first draft. I have a draft Monday. And then I don't know when my other one is. It's got to be a day or two before the season starts, which is crazy. But I don't mind that. I have, you know, drafted several different times in this, you know, I think one year we drafted in like July or something crazy. Like before preseason is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, now it's like either midway through or after preseason is, is the peak time, I think, to draft. Because you you get screwed a lot drafting that early. Yeah, a lot can change. Your number one pick could miss the season. Like last year, I was super high on Travis Etienne. You know who that is? No. Mm. Um, you will this year. Keep an eye on him. Jaguars, first pick last year, running back, first round, Travis Etienne. Like I was super high on him. He got hurt. I don't know if it was in the preseason. It it had to be, or if it was at practice, but he was out for the whole season last year. All right. I want to talk to you about points, PPR leagues. I, I read a long time ago that if you want to eliminate some of the luck from your fantasy football league, Mm. the best way to do that is to increase scoring because the more you increase scoring, the more it benefits knowledge and effort and the less it benefits luck. So what is your opinion on a PPR league 
versus your standard league? For years and years, I was in a standard league. And now one league I'm in is PPR, full point. And then the league I've been in for 15 years, we all voted and we thought half point PPR was better. And I actually do like that better. Um, Increasing points can get crazy because I've seen people who have two quarterback rosters, which is just nuts and yeah so that i don't like like as a quarterback is your flex position no like you have two starting quarterbacks yeah i've never even seen that yes well and when you said increasing points because then you'll you'll have a guy you know your friend shows you oh i scored 230 points last week and you're like how like oh you have two quarterbacks and you know i don't know so i could see that point though because yeah you got to know a little bit you know oh, this running back catches the ball too, you know, or this wide receiver may not, you know, he's not a deep threat, but he catches 10 balls a game. Like those are things you'd have to know. Um, So yeah, I I think that statement makes sense. But I, but personally, I I like half point PPR. Half points good because you have those running backs that catch the ball. And if you have one of those running backs who, you know, he, he ran the ball 25 times, but he also caught the ball six times and oh, there yeah. are, I mean, there are other backs. Alvin that... Kamara has eight receptions. You know, there's eight points, 80 yards on the ground is hard. Eight dump off backfield catches are not difficult. I, I mean, I would know. No, I don't, but I'm saying like that is, I don't think that's super fair. Yeah. And it, it to go back to more points is, and reflects more on skill than luck. You have to know, well, Alvin Kamara is going to catch the ball a bunch of times and Derrick Henry doesn't catch a lot of footballs, Mm-mm. but might have more yardage. So in that league, Kamara is worth a lot more than Derrick Henry, even though Derrick Henry is going to finish the season with three more touchdowns and 200 more yards. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, I like the, you know, the half, the one I think is, is aggressive but I was just looking at stuff too. I will see it once a year, at least where you'll see, you know, the top 10 performances of all time. And they don't say, you know, top 10 fantasy performances of all time, PPR, you know, it's just non PPR, you know, and there's probably a whole other list that's PPR games because, you know, someone can have 20 receptions. That seems crazy. 15. <laughs> yeah, 20 is kind of a lot. But yeah, 15 receptions, and maybe that dude only had 30 yards out of those receptions. But yeah. he still got 15 points. Oh, yeah, 180 points or 18 points off of that. Yeah, that's a good game. All right. Here is my thing that I have been saying for years that no one seems to agree with me, but in my opinion, my logic is super sound. Defense and special teams. The biggest problem I have with that is that there is no points awarded for a victory or a loss. So in my opinion, what you should do is if you have the commander's defense and they're playing the Bucks, and the commanders win the game, I think because you chose that defense, the defense should get five points for winning the game. And if you chose the commanders and they lose to the Bucks. I think you should get minus five points because that defense lost the game. It's a lot of points, 
but it is something critical to the game that isn't factored into defense. You can have a defense that scores 24 points and they lost the game. I've not started defenses on a Monday because I've got the game locked up by three points. I've not, I've not started a defense before because I don't want to lose points potentially. It could That's happen. a good point. Yeah. I, I would like to see a touch. I, I know a guy that plays in, I don't know all the details of it, but they pick defensive players. I don't know how many spots they have to fill or whatever, but they I've seen that where you have a defense and then you have one defensive or special teams player. Yeah, it could be more than that. I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked into it, but that is a whole lot more homework. Um, but I think in a standard scoring situation, yeah, I'd like to see something like that. That'd be cool. But at the same time, like you're really rolling the dice there for five points. Well, but winning the game is like, big. You know, there's probably 80% chance, maybe higher, that you're going to lose points. Right. Lose five. Is that what was that your scenario? Lose five. If your team, if your defense special teams loses that game, but you get five if your team wins that game. Right. And so what I like about that is it makes winning teams, defenses and special teams more important because you don't want to pick the Seahawks defense this year because they're going to lose a bunch of games. So now you have, I'm going to say Seattle's going to lose 11 games. Seattle <laughs> has 11 games where your team got minus five points because of them. That's but if you chose the Bucks, the Bucks are going to win 14. So you have 14 games where you got plus five points on top of whatever their defense got. Yeah, that puts a lot of focus on uh, picking a defense. I mean, you're going to see defenses going in the, you know, first six rounds, you know, <laughs> where you should not see that happening in any league you're in. If you do, that is the first year that that person has played fantasy football. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you see that you see, you know, a kicker go, you know, in the top five rounds, that's someone. Yeah. Who needed a little help maybe, but then, you know, who knows? They'll probably win that league that year. That's the luck part of it. All right. I want to talk about outliers. So talking about picking someone in a round they don't belong in. Oh, it's tough. The one position where I think going going for this position before picking your second wide receiver, or your third running back can make a difference because there are so few that are actually really good. I know the be, position you're talking about already. Yeah, yeah, it's a tight end. Yes. There are, let's Three. say, four really Three, good four. tight ends. And there it's are a, a cliff. Lot. It's a cliff after that. Yes, absolutely. So do you might get I, lucky some weeks, but do I pick Travis Kelsey in the second round? I think this year you could. Have you seen their wide receivers this year? <laughs> That's a good Have point you? that I haven't thought about. Holy uh, cow. Hill's gone. I mean, I looked at it. Sammy Watkins might be a starter. He was good a few and years ago. And you don't know the other guys. Okay, Michael Hardman. He's probably going to be the new Tyreek, but uh, you know, I don't know if he can be replaced fully. But yeah, I think he's going to see a lot more looks this year. And that's, you know, part of thinking outside the box, I guess, and knowing situations where that can help you. Do you have a draft strategy that you have developed over the years? I would say I have my own strategy. I don't know if it is 
you know, the best strategy. There's, I'm sure there's lots of strategies. It just, it has a lot to do with your draft position. And it also, you know, I've never got into the queue thing. You know, that is craziness. I think, I think you need to know your stuff and, and think quick on your feet. Um, but my strategy is, you know, I pretty go hard, you know, unless, you know, I'm in a position where I have to take, you know, this wide receiver because it makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm usually running back pretty hard, then wide receivers, you know, then I'll probably throw in the QB. Then I'm, I'm throwing more wide receivers and running backs on the bench. And then some of my last, well, probably I'd say around probably pick 10, you know, I'll probably start looking at a tight end. And then my bench gets filled before I pick a kicker and a defense. Those are my last two picks. And I always get shit for it, you know, on Yahoo's, you know, draft grade. Oh, Jake didn't pick a defense till the last round. He's only got one kicker, you know, that's, that's not very good. It's not a well-rounded lineup. So it's fun to look at those after. I don't know if you've read those afterwards, but they're fun to look at. Oh, absolutely. Kicker, definitely not as uh, influential as tight end, but there are, you know, there are teams that are going to score a lot of points and there are teams that aren't going to score very many points. Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at a kicker, you know, does your team move the ball? If your team moves the ball, like that's probably going to be a decent kicker. Is he indoors? I look at that sometimes when I'm flipping a coin between two guys, is that guy kick indoors or outdoors? How's their weather, you know? That's something I'll look at. How many did he points did he score last year? How many did he miss? I don't know. I'll look at those things really quick, you know, and then f- just go with my gut. But Going you're not taking your a kicker in the eighth round. No, 15, 16. Hard, hard 15, 16. I think that's how many, right? 15, 16 guys. Sounds about right. 15, maybe 15. Uh, it depends on your league, I guess. You know, some leagues can have a deeper bench than others, but my, I think. Yeah, both leagues. I mean, you know, it's QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, flex, defense, kicker. Who should you put in your flex position? A, a running back or wide receiver? Is that is that the answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's yeah. I, obviously, your your flex is. It depends on the week. I think you know um, if you're. I do like watching, you know, ESPN fantasy live, you know, cause everyone's sending in their huge dilemmas for the week. <laughs> um, so I, I do like watching, listening to that. Um, but honestly, you know, I like running back there uh, unless it's like full point PPR, then, you know, it just depends, you know, but it's one of those two. I would, I'd, I've never in my whole life, I can honestly say I've never had a tight end in my flex position. I wanted to ask you about goofy rules in fantasy teams, but the talking about flex players, the one that sticks out in my mind is I read online once that there was a league that had a rule where your flex player every single week had to be white. And, you know, if you're not a football fan, that, that might sound like a racist rule. A challenge. But if you are a football fan, real quickly, you're doing the math and thinking, okay, there's there's 10 white dudes that are wide receivers or Oh yeah, I'm or checking one ends. of those guys off in the first five rounds, probably. Oh, you have to. You have I mean, to. Your Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup, you know, Hunter Renfro, you know, 
there's it's uh, it's a small list. I mean, not small, but it's skilled scoring points wise small list. Oh yeah, and so now it's like if you have Cooper Cup, uh, your best move is just throw him in your flex position every yeah. week, just based on the fact that he's white. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's uh, it. It that's totally a good would one. change. I haven't the heard draft. that one. It would a lot of yeah. Well, like I said, your your defense plan would change a draft. I think. I mean, you know, the Rams, the Bucks. You know, there's other teams out there. I'm going to get five points for my defense. A lot of weeks just because of that, because they're going to win, you know, 10 games this year. So I'm going to start a petition to change all fantasy leagues so that defenses get five points for a win and minus five for a loss. Are you signing it? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, I think it'd be a a fun twist. Different, something different. Good. Let's get this going. Yeah, something different. Yeah. My my league I've been in for, you know, how many every years I said um, we're going back to just a traditional draft this year. We have been doing keepers for like the last, I don't know, six years or so, seven years. And that's where you keep one player. Uh, We could keep two. Okay. But, and I'm sure every league's different. Um, One of the leagues I'm in, let's say I had, I'm keeping, you know, Josh Allen. This, This is actually a real life scenario that happened to me two seasons. I had I've had him twice now because of this, but I drafted him like in the fifth round two years ago. And in this league, you know, I chose to kept keep him. Well, this year he is my fourth round draft pick. So I have to put him up around, but in the league I've been in for many, many years, your two keepers are your first two picks. So they better be worthy of being kept because those are your first two picks. Oh, that's interesting. So the first two rounds are basically people picking the, their old players again. Yeah, and there's some there's a lot of strategy there. I mean, especially because we know the order too. So the order would be reverse of who won. So the winner from last year would be the last pick, and the worst team would be the first pick. But let's say you won last year, and you have like a keeper. And you have a guy that's like, eh, you know, you might throw him away. So you get a second round pick and just keep one guy. That's interesting. I kind of like that. Or you keep no one. If there's someone who's, you know, a superstar, we did not have that in this last draft. I can tell you that, you know, there could be, but there's not someone that's like, there isn't maybe on defense there, but you know, we're talking fantasy and it's a lot of offense. There's not like a offensive guy where you're like, I can't wait to watch him this year. They, a running back didn't even go in the first round. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'm trying to think of, I mean, I don't watch college football, so I'm not like super stoked about, about rookies unless they get a lot of publicity. And I, Oh yeah. I can't even think of one that I'm stoked to watch this year. I'm interested in your rookie running back. I think he's going to be good. He may not start right away, but I think eventually he will be the starter in Denver or Seattle. Are you switching teams? Have you switched teams? Well, my home team now would be the Broncos. Right. I didn't think about that, though. You've converted. And the good quarterback from my old team is now going to be the quarterback for what would be my home team. That helps a lot. And Seattle is going to be terrible. They are. So, um, yeah, this year I'm, I'm a hardcore Denver Broncos fan. Okay. That makes sense. I can... That makes sense. And, you know, I wouldn't give you anything for that because that's a that's fair. You know, it's not like I'm a Rams fan now. 
and you're like, oh, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I was talking about Seattle's uh, rookie running back. But Denver has a good running back, I think. If he gets the ball more um, and Gordon goes away, Javante Williams is, is pretty good. I'm excited to watch Denver play this year. Last year, they had a really, really good start to the season, but it was because they played like three terrible teams in a row. I was and, like, what did they go 2-0 to start or what? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say they started their season like 4-1 and one or something. That is good. And then, you know, fin- finished the season uh, not what so What did high. they finish? How did I, they finish? I don't remember what they finished season. They didn't make the playoffs. They didn't double that four, did they? No, I don't think they did. I don't think they won I any should games. Know. I, I feel like that's something I should know, but I don't. Um, who do they have catching the ball? Is Sutton still there? I, Port- I honestly Portland? don't know. I don't even. No one. No one I'm drafting probably. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I like fantasy. You know, it's something to do. You know, in those winter months that you aren't going outside unless you're like a crazy person skier snowboarder I used it gives to you that. a reason to watch more football and yeah um and gosh when they started you know like adding the thursday game and it's it's not a very long time you have to go without football except after that thursday game it is a long time till sunday especially if you get off to like a hot start that's another <laughs> like waiting period that just feels like forever especially like the last couple hours like when you're watching ESPN Fantasy live at 9 a.m. and you're like, damn, two hours is forever from now. <laughs> That's just me. But um, yeah, and I, you know, it's hard not to have, um, you know, we had the pleasure of, you know, having DirecTV, Red Zone. The, that is a must, I feel like. It's hard to not have it. Um, I, last year I had, um, YouTube TV. That's what I did last year too. And like for like 10 bucks, I think maybe, um, you could add on their red zone and it was, it was fine. It it wasn't Andrew Siciliano. That's his name. I was trying to think of it earlier. Um, you don't have him, which I do like him, but it's basically the same thing. And it's hard, you know, if a friend, you know, invites you over to his house to watch some Sunday football, you're yeah, that sounds fun. You know, you get there and he's got, you know, Fox or CBS game to watch. That's it. And you've got, you know, 10 of your guys playing like that sucks. (laughs) Like you're not, (laughs) you're not seeing any of it, you know? And and when they do show the highlight, you already knew about it 10 minutes ago on your phone, you know, because you're checking, which I always think is funny. You're like, they'll pop up a highlight, you know, I don't know. Jonathan Taylor 80 yard run and like that literally happened five minutes ago in real time but they're just flashing you you know in the game on CBS I always think that's funny are you gonna go YouTube TV again this year I I haven't decided if I want to go YouTube TV or do Hulu's live TV I have not done as much research as I probably should into something like that I I think it works really good I never have any issues, you know, streaming wise. Um, it's very intuitive. I don't know. Everyone has their own thing. I use Apple TV. I use Apple TV as well. I've tr- like, I'll go over to someone's house too that they use their built in 
you know, a lot of people use their built-in smart TV functions. And I don't think that's the way to go. I think if someone doesn't have Apple TV, in my mind, is the way to go. It is very easy to use. If you have an iPhone, it's even better. Your remote is with you all the time. Um, it's just seamless, I guess that's the word. Um, trying to use, I've seen some of the built-in, you know, smart TV stuff, just streaming issues, just it's clunky, you know, I don't know. They probably didn't build the TV to, you know, handle all that stuff, you know, all those apps and whatnot. I enjoy it on my Apple TV, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I liked that with the YouTube TV, I just set it up. You had unlimited space. So I was like, all right, record every single football game. Um, I have not done that. I never watched, but yeah. Uh, it was it was just available and I enjoyed that I could access it easily on other devices if I yes. wasn't home. Yeah, it works great on your phone. Um, obviously, it would work great on an iPad as well. But yeah, it's seamless. I mean, it's the same, I guess, experience on your phone as it is on your on your TV. And I like that. And I don't know, I feel like it's getting more expensive, but I feel like it's reasonable. I've seen some of the you know, direct TV bills and their craziness. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I, last year I got it specifically for football season. And I told myself I would keep it if the trailblazers were doing well. Um, but they totally shit the bed last year. So as soon as football season was over, I was like, I definitely don't want to watch any trailblazers because they suck. It's, it does suck when I think about how much I actually watch it. Cause like literally I watch jeopardy probably every day or try to if it co you know works in our schedule of dinner and whatnot and then you know my wife watches a couple things but she usually on demands those things she's not like watching so for like live tv is really at our house jeopardy golf i'm a big golfer i watch a lot of golf and then you know obviously football but for the last x amount of months you know (laughs) hasn't been on so uh, that's all you know jeopardy and golf is youtube tv that's why i have youtube tv which is kind of sad to think about yeah i tried i got a um i don't even remember what it's called but amazon had a device where you could dvr off air programs and it was only like 200 bucks or something i forgot what it's called it's uh i don't know it's this big square box (laughs) i bought it and i hooked it up to my off-air antenna i got it all set up and well, like a TiVo. I mean, that's kind of what TiVo did at first, right? It just did off air stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Something similar to that, but it was supposed to be like, you don't have to pay monthly. It's just oh, yeah. this device. You hook it up to your off air antenna and you're good to go. And so I thought, well, okay. Um, I'll be able to watch a lot of football this way because I don't have study tickets. So it's going to be pretty much the same games on my YouTube, but I did not enjoy the user interface at all. And uh, it's been hooked up in my entertainment center for two years now, and I have no idea what's on there. <laughs> it's still recording. That might be a fun Sunday, you know, well, not Sunday coming up, maybe a fun Saturday activity <laughs> to, to go through, you know, the whatever it recorded. Sunday ticket. Is that still a direct, well, AT&T thing? I think this year is the last year. I really wish that was like some sort of subscription. You well, know? it is a subscription. You subscribe well, to I know, Direct but TV like, and pay 300 a year and you can send a ticket. Let's, you know, I let's appeal to the mat. Let's, let's stretch it out. 
you know, even longer than the season, maybe. I think DirecTV did, you know, five months. You could do it over five months or something, which is basically the same thing. But it's big. It's a big tag. I think they could still make a lot of money off of it and make it more readily available to people. If YouTube TV had Sunday ticket, it's 500 bucks a year. Do you pay it? No, no. 300 a year. Do you pay it? No, I, whatever I had last year worked good. Cause I don't, do I want to watch every Rams game? Yeah, that is, I'm missing some of that, but I see a lot of it on this red zone channel. I'll see every score that they do. Right. Um, and then I'll watch obviously their primetime games. Um, but mostly, even when I had Sunday ticket, you know, the real thing I lived on red zone, lived on it. Doubt I came off of it very often. You know, that was, so that's all I really care about. They should just sell that. Yeah, I like Red Zone. People would pay 30 bucks a month for just that channel. I like Red Zone on a second TV. I don't like watching just Red Zone. I hear that a lot. That's a good topic. You could talk about that for a while. Uh, just any anyone who's not familiar with what's happening, they come over to your house to watch TV and they're like, what is happening? Like, I thought we were watching this game. And they'll come back and it's bad. It's, it is funny to see someone's reaction when they've never watched that channel because it is, I don't know, like maybe having, you know, ADD or something. It just switch, switches the channel every two minutes. No commercials though. One always thing... football, always exciting. They're always in the red zone, right? <laughs> it is, I do enjoy watching it, but it's not, you're not watching a football game. No, you're not. You're not seeing all the important stuff, probably the defensive stops, the, you know, yeah, you're missing a lot for sure. But if you are all in fantasy and your team isn't playing, I'm watching the red zone for sure. One of the things I really liked about Sunday Ticket uh, going back a few years was I think they were called shortcuts and they would come on on Monday. Yeah. And it would be they chop the game down to 15 to 30 minutes, depending on the game, where it's just snap to snap. You're not watching the clock be wasted. You're not watching replays. You're only watching the action in the game. And I really liked that. I mean, even if they just showed you when the clock was running that's 60 minutes that's it yeah you know but yeah they can cut out the wasting clock and the you know kneel downs and you know that cuts out quite a bit too yeah those are i did watch a few of those it was very quick way to watch a whole entire game yeah and i liked it because if you know i'm talking to you and you're like dude did you see the lions game last night that ending was insane like no of course i didn't watch the lions game but if when I had that shortcut, I could go click on that. Oh, and I watched the entire game in 21 minutes. But YouTube has that now an hour after the game is done. YouTube. So on, on the NFL's channel on YouTube. So that's I, NFL Network. Uh, NFL Network or the NFL's YouTube channel. Um, but they're on like within an hour of the game ending because the shortcuts on DirecTV, they'd come on the next day. Can you watch any game? All of them. All of them. All of them. That's pretty cool. It is really cool. And so, so I could watch the Rams game that wasn't on, what is it, your local channel, I guess. If you don't have, you know, DirecTV Sunday ticket, I could watch it an hour after. Yeah, that's how I watched most of the Seahawks games last year. Because no Tough one's watching. broadcasting the Seahawks uh, in Denver. 
that was good though. I mean, did you ever like do the math and think like, what if you had Sunday ticket last year and you watched every game the regular way? (laughs) (laughs) Like how many more hours you saved yourself of hours of pain and torture. Yeah. Yeah. Watching some, yeah, that was sad. It was, that wasn't, I'm like, yeah, I'm excited to, even though I'm not like a Bronco fan or even a Seahawks fan in the slightest, I do like Russell Wilson. I think he's, you know, one of the good ones. I think so too. He seems like genuinely a a good guy and a cool guy. He so many times I've seen him like running for his life and throwing up the craziest ball. And then it like lands in the last square inch of the end zone to Tyler Tyler Lockett. I feel like that is like something that plays over and over again. Oh yeah. The last like five years, he's had no offensive line and, and done okay for himself in a position that most quarterbacks would. Or like a running back, right? They've had just like an onslaught of, of running backs that have a good game here or there. There's games where they'll have like three different backs in. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like that. Um yeah, I'm excited. It's not very far away. Well, I think the eighth, eighth Thursday night, Rams, Bills should be good. I saw they, I think they prep. Oh no, that was the Bengals. They they play the Bengals this week in the preseason, and I think they were scrimmaging, you know, in practice together, and the, some fight broke out or something. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Are you watching Hard Knocks? This is the first year <laughs> I am ha- not. I'll probably watch it when it's I well this is probably the last week, right? I think so. They're, they're gonna do a in season, I think with the Cardinals. Same crew, hard knocks. Yeah. Like Lee Shriver narrating. I assume so. Gosh, I like that guy. He's got a voice. He has a great voice. And he, you know, he can act too. Ray Donovan. It's the Colts, pretty, not pretty it, good show. Not the Cardinals, it's the Colts. Hard knocks. Yeah, well, that'd be cool. That might be more fun to watch than Hard Knocks. Because all your, I mean, I have actually watched Hard Knocks and picked players, you know, like they would stand out to me in a draft because, you know, and, and this happened and it worked out a couple of years ago, the Raiders were on Hard Knocks. And like every episode, all the players were talking about Darren Waller how good Darren Waller is. And I was, I saw him, I drafted him and he was a beast. He's, he's borderline. One of those tight ends we were talking about this season. It's the lions. And yeah, that's probably half the reason I haven't started watching it yet is like, is there any good storylines? I don't think so. There's a lot of, you know, fun drama and interesting things happening. Have you watched it? Oh yeah. I'm all caught up. I love hard. Is it good? The coach is kind of pretty charismatic, right? He is. He definitely is. He's an absolute character. But the one thing I've noticed in this, and I don't know if it's like Jared Goff chose to not participate or something, but he is basically not in it at all. Really? You can see him in the background. It's Um, because he's been on one before. (laughs) I I could be wrong. Um, You know, maybe I had too many drinks and I missed the Jared Goff segment, but like basically no discussion. You see them doing some scrimmages and you'll, you'll see him with the red shirt on, but there's, that's crazy. I don't believe they've talked to him. I don't think there's any commentary from him. They're not talking about Jared Goff. That's weird. I like when they, 
get the quarterbacks involved. I think one year, I can't remember which one it was that I watched, the quarterbacks were very involved in, oh, it was the, uh, the Cleveland one. Yeah, I was Baker. just going to say, yeah, because he was going to be that backing up good, for Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I just, when I watched that, I was like, man, I really like Baker Mayfield. He seems like a really cool, nice guy. Um, I felt the same way with Carson Wentz. I wasn't a Carson Wentz fan. And then I watched the Colts hard knocks and I'm like, okay, he seems like a cool guy, actually. Yeah, I don't know him. Um, I should be watching it. Uh, I'm sure you've heard this story, but I'm a Rams fan because partly because of hard knocks, because I, for the longest time, didn't have a team. Like I didn't follow a team. I was so still am, but invested in fantasy and college players and just following players. Like I was an Adrian Peterson fan from yeah, I've his, seen fresh, Vikings hoodie. his freshman, you know, year at OU till, you know, he left the Vikings, but I was, I never said like I was a Vikings, you know, fan, you know, I might've had like a Adrian shirt, you know, whatever, but like I was, I have never had a team. So, you know, my wife and I would watch hard knocks. And I think one year she was like, we need a team. Like we should have a team. You know, if I want to buy a shirt or, you know, a jersey for our dog to wear, you know, we have to have a team. And so it happened to be the year the Rams were on Hard Knocks. They had just moved to L.A. It was going to be their first season. And what's his bucket was still there. The coach, you know, I forget his name now, but it I was. Can, I can picture what he looks like. It was the, yeah, it was the year they drafted Goff too. And, um. Anyways, we decided to be Rams fan. I thought it was appropriate. Oh, mostly because I had already been following Todd Gurley and just thought he was a beast. So I was on that train. She said we needed a team. We liked watching that hard knocks and got to know some players. And I thought it was appropriate because they sucked big time. And they did even for a couple more years after that. Um, And they just moved, you know, back to L.A. And, I, you know, we don't have a team here in Idaho. So... Yeah, we're Ram- we've been Rams fans since, I don't know, when was that? 17, 2016, 17? Not very long. <laughs> but, but I also didn't have a team before that. And I didn't hop on any, you know, bandwagon of them being good. So, and, and Aaron Donald's a beast. There's Aaron Donald's one pretty awesome. Freak is the best word to describe it. Where does Jared Goff land on your draft list today? He's not on it. <laughs> not. He's not, he's a, it'd have to be a twist of an arm. Like I I don't want anything to do with him. Nothing against the guy. I just, I really don't think he's that good. I, I watched him be good. And if that guy's there, I think he has a great arm. He can put the ball where it needs to be. He can do a lot of things, but that dude under pressure is deer in headlights. It's crazy. And I watched it the last, you know, season he was with the Rams. It just was very frustrating. It's, it's so frustrating. He is, he's so composed. He's so accurate. He could throw the ball down the field, Mm -hmm. but as soon as the play breaks down and he has to improvise, he chooses to fuck up. Yeah. It's like, he might as well hand the team the ball. I've seen him throw so many picks under pressure fumble like in times where he didn't need to fumble and you're like how did he 
I think he tried to do that. Like he tried to fumble there again. That's oh yeah, bad. Or he can be very take the five yard sack instead of blindly throwing yeah. thirty yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wonder. I mean, I'm sure his coaches know, but just what they say to him to try to you know turn him around from that, or what kind <laughs> of practices they have, you know, where to try to get him to you know, turn a leaf and not do the, some of those things, but it is crazy. If you watch, I don't know what year it was. Well, it was the year before last year, just oof, any pressure his numbers go way down. If he's got a clean pocket and some time, he's very good. He's very, very good. I always thought Matt Stafford was overrated. Um, when he got that giant contract with the lions, I was like, why are they paying him that much money? That is so dumb. But obviously he was, the the Lions knew more than I did that he was an incredible quarterback, but on an absolute shit team. And the first year he's on a good team. um, Look what happens. I I always thought he was pretty good. He's a, a gunslinger. And like, I bet Jared's better at some things than he is. But I think, you know, overall, obviously we saw with a better team around him uh stafford's pretty good yeah you had basically the same rams team go to the super bowl twice with two different quarterbacks i don't know the record we should do some fact checking later but last year right cooper cup huge year like 1900 some yards and close to some record you know for yards i think within 40 yards and i think the other person that had that record was um chad johnson is it chad johnson is, no. am i is, am i right what's his name it's something johnson jo- calvin is... calvin yeah, calvin guess who threw him the ball during that year <laughs> stafford stafford has the two like for yards in a season the two guys were thrown to by stafford is that crazy kind of think about that is crazy i didn't know that but i that was that was another sad, like, I thought he retired young too, kind of like Luck, Calvin Johnson. That guy was a beast. Well, the Lions are famous for excellent people retiring early because they don't want to play for the Lions anymore. That's true. Barry Sanders probably could have played five more years. Yeah. How old was he when he retired? I don't know how old he was. I want to say it was something like seven or eight seasons. But like the year before he retired, he had like 1800 yards. And I remember it was some sort of like he was holding out for more money. And he said, like, if they don't give me this giant sum of money, then I'll just chillax. Yeah, that dude's crazy. I think like, I mean, stats do show it, but I think like the stat to look at of his, I think is yards per carry. Yeah, I think it's disgusting. I'll look it up later, but. I know it's it's up there. I'm a, probably probably the best in a season. I bet it's him. I think he's the last two thousand yard season for running back. But he also nah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Are you there's sure? Been, there's been a handful of dudes since him. But he also one's, was on a, one's Adrian Peterson. A terrible team. Adrian Peterson had two two K. Um, what's his bucket last two years ago? Had two K um, for the Titans. What's his name? My brain lately. Derrick Henry. Yeah, he had 2,000 yards. And uh, and then um, the guy for the tight, it was another Titans guy? Yeah, he was a, a little guy, and he ran like a 4-2 something. He's ran one of the fastest 40s. He's, I think his last name's Johnson, too. Oh, there have been a couple of people since Barry Sanders. I was dead wrong. Uh, Terrell Davis. 
oh, did man. it in 98, which I didn't think he did. He did 2008 yards. Jamal Lewis with the Ravens did it in 2003. 2009, Chris Johnson with the Titans. Chris Johnson, that's who I was 2006. Thinking. 2012, Adrian Peterson, 2097. And then 2020, Derrick Henry, 2027. But Adrian was, I think he's number two all time for a season. He was eight yards short of the record. I watched that game and it was, he could have got it. it yes. Was he was eight yards short of Eric Dickerson, the mm-hmm. Rams, 1984. He had, uh, AP had 2097, Eric Dickinson, uh 2105 ap that guy was awesome in fantasy he has oh he has the single game rushing record though 296 i think not a bad game no and i think it was three touchdowns rookie season yeah he was he was wild to watch his first few years in the league (sighs) he was different breed that sounds bad but like he looked like like him and uh, Reggie Bush in college, they were kind of in college at the same time. Those guys were on a different level. Like they were like some of those, you'll see some YouTube videos of someone's like highlight tapes, you know, in high school. And they're like, don't belong in that game, <laughs> you know, because the kids are 50 yards behind them. That's how it looked for them in college. They were nuts. Adrian Peterson also had an ability to... uh to come back from injury. He had like five different career ending injuries. Um, The year that year we just talked about was the year after his, like I think he tore both CLs, ACL, (laughs) MCL. Like, I I don't know how many CLs there are, but he, he messed them both up and did that the next year. So that was pretty impressive. I bet he probably fell that year in the draft leagues and someone got a bargain. Running backs take a lot of abuse. So it's really fascinating to me when you see a guy like Adrian Peterson or, or Frank Gore that just keep doing it and keep taking brutal abuse. I think he's finally done. Yeah. (laughs) That is, yeah, that was impressive. I don't know when he came into the league. I know it was a few years before Adrian, but he, yeah, he played for a long time. Should I look forward to the Todd Gurley, uh, Frank Gore fist fight? That would be a good one. I just can't believe I saw that the other day and was, I was shaking just like I'm doing now. Just, I didn't know what to say. Just kind of shaking my head. Like what? I kind of want to watch it now. <laughs> I mean, just cause I was such a big Adrian fan. Um, yeah. I don't know. I always pick out people who have trouble too. It's a weird thing. Like, Adrian, right? He did some bad things, you know, to his kids or whatever. I I don't know about that. His what he did to his kids was like he spanked him with a stick or something like that, right? Yeah, I I don't yeah, I don't I wasn't there, but that's yeah, that's what I remember. And is that exactly how I would parent? Probably not. It's probably not in the book of how to be a great parent, but also like it really has nothing to do with what he does and it was it's like that's his choice to to punish his kids in a method that is much more strict than I would do. I'm sure there's probably people here screaming. Yeah, no, I mean like advocating for violence against children. Yeah, no, I'm on the same page. Like that's not what I would do, you know, but kind of to each his own in, you know, maybe there is some punishment due, 
but I'm pretty sure he missed like the whole season almost from that. I'd have to look back. Yeah, it was. But then you have have, like, you know, Deshaun Watson, like pretty sure that's worse than this. And you get a four game suspension. I know it's changed, but initially, like, (laughs) that's crazy. Just the levels of some things you're like, they think that's worse than this. Hmm. Yeah, it is really interesting how they, they, they punish players and they have this like fake, you know, we care the NBA last year, not last year. Uh, maybe it was like 2019 pre pandemic, but during basketball games, they would run this anti-domestic violence ad sponsored by the NBA. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Because if you're going to be talking about like a domestic violence issue, I don't know if the NBA should be the one speaking up about that. I mean, they've got a lot of experience with it. I mean, they <laughs> might know a lot about it. And yeah, but yeah, I mean, it'd be the same for the NFL. Gosh, what was that guy's name? You know what I'm talking about? He played for Baltimore. He was a little stud for a little while. Ray Lewis? No. Well, Ray Lewis was on trial for murder as a Raven. It's a Raven thing. No, he was a, a running back. I, it's crazy. I like know where he went to college, but I can't even think of his name. But he, yeah, he dropped his significant other and like in an, an elevator. elevator. Ray Rice. Yeah, Ray Rice. When you said Ray Lewis, I was like, yeah, no, but yeah, we had half of it. Yeah, Ray, Ray Rice. Rice. Yeah, that and you know that video gets leaked, and you watch a two hundred and thirty pound man. That was gross. Punch a 105 pound woman in the head. And that is rough to watch. He drags her unconscious body out Mm. of the elevator. Yeah, that was bad. That was really bad. Well, and then Kareem Hunt, that stuff was pretty bad too. You know, I didn't think that was that bad. Um, He sort of kicks a woman in a hallway. That doesn't sound good. Um, But here's my take on it. It's a bunch of people in their early 20s drinking at a hotel it becomes a mess Mm -hmm. and then if kareem hunt really kicked you um (laughs) you're a bigger guy than me jake if kareem hunt kicked you it would be devastating oh yeah um and and that that gal really wasn't hurt it wasn't like he kicked her it was more like he pushed her out of the way with his legs that's that that's true i think i'm thinking of it wrong but I just remember, but the chiefs let him go. Like that hurt, that hurt him though. Cause like, I feel like he is a, the guy, you know, and now he's the backup. I mean, great backup, you know, for Nick Chubb, but he could have been the guy on the chiefs for a long time. Yeah. He was a star. He should be. He actually should be the guy somewhere. I think there's a few guys like that in the league, like where you have a team has no running back and you're like, Oh my gosh. And then you have like, Dalvin Cook in Alexander Madison. Like Madison could be a starter somewhere. Kareem Hunt could be a starter somewhere. Oh yeah, the the Saints had uh Kamara and um Ingram. Ingram, that's right. And Yeah. There are other teams with two backs that you can't no one knows their name and the Saints yeah. have two all-stars. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's say. it's funny how that works. Um but that is something to keep in mind in fantasy, you know. I, I'll do that sometimes that I, we haven't talked about it but the skill part i think of fantasy is putting in the time there's like there's some time where if you're watching the game too like i you got to be on the fan on, on the waivers 
like that's how I think most championships are won is being you know pretty diligent and picking up guys and moving things around oh yeah i saw you know playing with you you would be the first one on tuesday morning and you know baltimore's running back got hurt and nobody knows who the backup is and tuesday morning jake took a running back from baltimore i'm like i don't know who that guy is i'm not sure if jake knows who that guy is but i see what he's doing there because now this guy's gonna get the ball every time you have it's a special especially with running backs, maybe not so much with wide receivers because there's a few of them, but if there's a, the guy, you know, if, if you have a good team that runs the ball really well, sometimes it's not all the back, you know, Uh, you can plug in someone very physical and fast and they're going to do well as, as well. I mean, last year, I think it was like Zeke Elliott, you know, they have one of the, best lines for a while i don't know if it still is but his backup no one knows who tony pollard is but if zeke gets hurt he's probably gonna get you 15 to 20 points pretty easily you know yeah especially if the team is already set up that they run the ball Mm -hmm. yeah if he's gonna be the guy next game i mean don't even think about it pick him up is there if yeah if that starter is gone i don't care who it is like someone wasted a first or second round draft pick on every running back in the league pretty much that's i mean first string running backs are gone within the first three rounds so if that one's not playing you just picked up a first through third round draft pick for a game or two or however long that guy's hurt is there anything to picking players from better teams do i want players from i mean there's more than i want players from the jags no i don't think so i I mean because like there were years where I like, I didn't want anything to do with a Patriots player. It's just be, maybe because they were so good and spread the ball out so much that like there wasn't one person. That's what you want. You want one person or, you know, the Vikings, Justin Jefferson, like that guy is the wide receiver or a Cooper cup. Like, they don't have to be. I mean, you want the right person throwing them the ball and stuff, but you know they don't have to be on a good team. It happened to be, you know, a good. You know, Cooper Cup was on the Super Bowl team last year, but that doesn't always work out that way. I mean, you have someone like Adrian that year had almost twenty one hundred rushing yards, second most all time, and I think they lost in the um, oh, what's that? Uh, that first game. What's that first one in the playoffs called? Wild card. Yeah, they lost in the wild card. I mean, it takes some to get to the wild card, right? But I mean, they weren't the best team, and he was the best running back that year. Or like Christian McCaffrey, you know, he's a wild card. I'm not touching him this year. Um, Why? Too many injuries? I think the dudes played like 10 games in the last two years or something. It's something crazy like that. Is he still good? Probably. But I, I want, I want more than. You know, I want every game if I can. I know that's maybe unrealistic think, but I want someone who's got a track record of being there. Yeah, and he's got a new quarterback this year, so that's a little bit goofy too. That might help there, you know, because I think, you know, Baker's good. He's good with getting the running backs involved too, but I don't know. He's, I think he's the number one right now on draft boards, but I don't know. It's either him I, or Jonathan Taylor. I did the first thing I've never done this season only because you you know told me we we're gonna be talking fantasy football today i 
went out and did a mock draft. Really? Never had done that. Never done that. I started one, but I got bored with it and quit. <laughs> it it did get boring. Um, mainly because there's not going to be your team. Um, right. And it's not but, the people I'm going up against. Right. But it did uncover some things like what to maybe expect, you know, which I thought was kind of cool. But I was like fourth pick and it was bad. Like you get an okay person here. And like, I think this year after doing that mock draft, I'd rather be kind of middle of the pack in a, in a draft position. Middle of the pack, I think is where it's at. Cause if you're number one or you're number 10, there are some pros and cons to that, but then there's also going to be very long stretches where you don't get to pick unless you have your draft set up where number one is number one in each round, but then that's a little bit. Oh no, goofy. you can't do that. You can't no. do that. No, I don't mind being last sometimes either. You get uh, two picks in a row, pretty good players still. Um, but yeah, if you're first, you get a guy, he better not get hurt. And your next pick is, you know, pick 24. That's yeah, hard. That's it's hard. Uh, yeah. I like middle towards the end. I think. Is there a, a fantasy football expert that you're fond of? Is there uh, someone you follow whose opinion you trust? Nah, I mean, what is it? Rappaport? I mean, he's pretty common name in that realm, I think. Or Matt um, Barry? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I watch this stuff, but yeah, I'm not like, I don't have a guy that's like, I, I got to listen to this guy. No. Um, nope. I don't. I know that's uh, anticlimactic, but uh, no. I mean, I enjoy watching, like I said, the ESPN Fantasy Live. Definitely like that. I like, I like when they get to the rankings each week and you know dissecting some of their matchups and whatnot. But yeah, not not like that's that's my guy. No, do you? No, I I tried to listen to a couple of different like fantasy football podcasts and stuff because I'm a big podcast fan, but. It's just, once you start listening to it, you realize it's just their opinion and I potentially know as much as them. I'm watching the same games. I have the same, the same information to pull from as them. That's true. Yeah. I haven't thought about it that way. Yeah. It'd have to be like an insider, right? To get some injury knowledge or something uh, that I'm taking their honest, you know, what they're saying. But yeah, as far as those guys, they made our, might have better statisticians. Is that the word, you know, and, and data to go off of? But yeah, they probably don't know a whole lot more than a real avid fantasy football player. Yeah, we're pulling from the same information. All right, here's what I really want from you. And it's the whole reason we're doing this. Who are some rookies in the NFL this year that I need to keep an eye on? Who are some names? Who's coming into the league this year? that you think fantasy players should keep an eye on maybe draft this guy in the seventh round. Cause he could be awesome. That's tough. Cause I, I was telling you that the draft class was crazy different than, you know, normal. Well, you had that Travis Eaton. Is that his name? ETN. ETN. It's, yeah. It's very, I kind of like the last name. Um, if you look it up and read it, I don't know if you'd get that from, you know, that would be your 10th guess probably of how to pronounce it. But um, he is one that I, I guess I would consider him a, a rookie kind of because he didn't play a single snap last year. And uh, he's going to be the guy for the Jags this year. You know, when you're looking at that, 
for fantasy, I mean, there's probably going to be some breakout rookies for sure, but look for the rookies that are going to be starting. And, you know, that's what I do. Like last year with Najee Harris, I knew he was going to be the guy. Did I know he was like amazing? And I knew he was from, you know, Alabama. So they're pretty good, but I just knew he's going to get an opportunity. And I think someone, if they're given the opportunity, you know, that's where you're going to find the breakouts is if they're getting the opportunity. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's like, I think the first running back taken was like Brees Hall, I think his name is. Uh, I think he's going to start for the Jets. I know that's not, uh, you know, maybe the best team to pick a player from, but I think he's going to, I think he's going to be the guy there. So, I mean, if you want a starting running back rookie, that might be, and I, I think he's, physical you know and fast i think he ran a pretty good time at the combine which and it's not everything always but if uh someone who's 220 can run a 4 3 40 they're probably pretty gifted and if they have a good line they probably do pretty good but if um, they're on the jets yeah the uh, the next running back was um i think it was that the uh, guy kenneth walker um who i was i was going to talk to you about if you were still a seattle fan I think he might be behind Penny for a minute, but I think like his size and I mean, Penny's a a tiny dude. He's may have the rushing record for the mountain West conference, which is crazy because LaDainian Tomlinson was in the mountain West anyways. Yeah. He's just small. And unfortunately that isn't always great in the NFL. So I think, I think Kenneth Walker will be the starter uh, after a while in Seattle. So he's another guy that might be a, a bargain rookie. If I'm always, he's available you know, in the 12th round, do you pick him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 12th for sure. How about round eight? Maybe not. I like okay. your yeah, – maybe after 10. I don't know where he's going right now even. I haven't gotten that far into looking at things. But um trying to think of the first wide receiver taken. Oh, I knew it. It was – it's not anyone you've ever heard of probably. Um Did he – the Titans, maybe. I'm not sure. I'd have to look that one up. But yeah, it's thin this year. Like, I mean, I, don't, I think there was a wide receiver or two in the first round. You know, normally it's loaded. I mean, you'll have a couple backs, a couple wide receivers, a couple quarterbacks. I mean, this year it was all like defense and O line and cornerbacks, and it was it was a different draft. I feel like this year. Yeah, when I was looking at the the fantasy football rankings, it was all like the same names. There wasn't a name that popped up on there. I was like, who's that guy? Yeah, well, and like that was last year. I think, you know, I know I said I had Najee Harris, but I, you know, I think people kind of knew about him a little bit. Maybe you didn't know his name or draft him because you didn't know him. But I think if you were going off of your auto draft, like you could have got him, you know, in the second well, He's round, in like maybe. the top five running backs this year. Yeah, he's if he stays healthy, I think he's one of those just because of his size and physicality and able to he can catch too. Um, but anyone who can do it all, you know, goal line can run through holes, create his own stuff like they're special. And that's that's Najee. He didn't have I think he had probably the most carries last year. I bet you looked that up and he didn't fumble once. That's Good big. Who's your top running back you're taking in the draft this year? You have pick number one. You have to pick a running back for some weird reason. Who do you pick? Oh, I said 
McCaffrey was number one, but I'm I lied. I think it's Jonathan Taylor. He's going to be the everyone's going to pick him first. Quarterback. Who's your quarterback? They're all available. You got the first pick. They're all available. Not the first pick because I wouldn't probably take quarterback first. But <laughs> if they're all available when I was going for a quarterback, uh, that's a good one. Uh, it's probably Josh Allen over Mahomes. Yeah. Why? Because yeah. he runs a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He does it all. Yeah. He can run and make things happen. Not that Mahomes can't. He's amazing. Right. But Mahomes got to throw a lot more. You know, even if Allen's running 40 yards a game, you know, that's a, quite a few more passing yards he's got to do. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Josh Allen is number one the last two seasons fantasy wise. Yeah. If both players are at the five yard line, I feel like there's a lot higher chance that Josh Allen will run it than, than Patrick Mahomes is going to run it in. Speaking of those two, that game last year was insane. That was a great game. Almost all of the playoff and wild card games last year were the best games I've ever seen. Actually, now that you say that, yeah, like the first, the wild card weekend, the next week, I've, like every game came down to the last drive, which is crazy. Almost now saying it sounds like a scripted or something. Like, yep. how do you do that? How do you do that? That that can't have happened before. That many games coming down to the last drive in the first, not week, like weeks. Yeah, the postseason last year was the best postseason I've ever seen in my whole life. Yes, it was. Yeah, I mean, so many last like I said, last drives, but yeah, that, that one though was like, you thought they were on the last drive and this was the last drive of the game. And there was two more drives after that. <laughs> that game was crazy. It was awesome, man. Now I'm so excited to watch football. <laughs> yeah, I am too now thinking about it, but um, yeah, it's Josh Allen. Then, then probably Mahomes. which I don't know though. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, down this year just because of his receivers. But I don't know. You know, I'm not, I don't know everything. I'm just going off of what I looked at as far as depth chart on on their wide receivers this year. Uh, I probably don't have to ask you who your number one wide receiver pick is because I'm assuming you're just going to say Cooper Cup. Uh, that's the easy answer, right? Yeah, Cooper Cup. But it's like, uh, obviously he's not going to top what he did. You know, he's not going to be better than last year. Uh, I mean, if he is, that's wow. Um, so like, yeah, if you're like going with odds, like might not have that good of a year. It's easy to say, yes, Cooper cup. I probably would if I was there, but it, I, I bet it's a different guy this year. You have to figure out, you know, who that guy's going to be. Oh, there are a lot of players like Cooper Cups had a bunch of great seasons and he might have 320 yards. This one wide receivers. It's so tough. It's tough. He's, he is different though. I think like, you know, if he could, he could play quarterback. Like I think he's really smart and understands the game. Not saying like other wide receivers are dumb or anything, but like, (laughs) I feel like he's works really hard at that part of the game. And like, you're like, okay, for 12 games, this dude is just tearing teams apart. You would think, you know, they'd be double teaming, triple teaming this guy, but like he knows how to get open. I think that's like kind of that it factor. So he might, might be uh, pretty good again this year. If he stays healthy, no COVID. Who's your tight end? That's tough. Um, yeah. I mean, easy answers, you know, 
Kelsey probably. Um, I don't know. I forced my brother-in-law last year to take um, Kyle Pitts. He was a rookie tight end last year. I think he did pretty good actually. Um, but he's who I wanted last year for my tight end. I don't know why I get all on rookies. I think it's because there's like a mystery to it, you know, like either you're going to be look really smart or well, that didn't work out, but um, he was, yeah, one, I was helping my brother-in-law and he's, who should I take? And I was like, take Kyle Pitts right now. Yeah, that's Kelsey, uh, maybe Darren Waller's in there. Um, I saw Mark Andrews ranked super high. It's weird. And that dude can, he had some highlight reel catches last year. I know, but I don't. Maybe it's his name. Is his name like kind of throw it off? Because it's so super, boring. Super common, boring, like <laughs> two first names. I don't know. I don't yeah. like him as a as one of the top tight ends because when I watch Lamar Jackson play, I don't think this is a guy who throws to the tight end all the time. No, but I think I think he does. I think Lamar does. I, I don't think Lamar's like you know a downfield guy. He he needs those running backs and and slant routes because I don't I don't think he can. I'm not saying he can't throw deep, but like that's not his game. Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, he runs the ball so much that I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of a tight end to take from Baltimore. Oh yeah, no, but no, he's probably up there though. You're right. Um, yeah. Who else? Um, yeah. Kelsey, Andrews, Waller, Pitts. Kittle. Um, Kittle. Yeah. He's interesting. He's very good, but I don't think, did he, oh, he, he got hurt last year, huh? Is that what happened? I think so. Mid season okay. or something. I remember something where it was like, he didn't have a good year, probably because he only played half of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's really good. Any of those it, guys that are like borderline wide receivers, like yeah. they're just too big, you know, that's Kyle Pitts. I think like he probably could play wide receiver, you know, but it's like, oh, he's over 240 pounds. So he's a tight end now, but he's, he's very athletic. Does it matter what kicker you get? I mean, I, you know, we kind of hit on it earlier. I think kicker wise, it's a, if you are le- like, if you are taking a kicker early where you have your <laughs> choice of kickers, then yeah, it's a team that you think this year, uh, and maybe, you know, historically moves the ball well, has a good team. Like I would, the people scoring points, you know, there, I guess there could be situations where scoring points touchdowns is bad because they're not getting field goals, but like they're at least in that area where they can kick field goals because they move the ball a lot. So yeah, I mean, if you do have your pick of kickers, I usually don't when I go to pick, so I don't have this problem, but I would be looking at a team that moves the ball. If you're coin flip between two, maybe they had exact same stats last year. I don't know why I do it, but I'll, I always go with like, oh yeah, I'll go with the uh, Will Lutz, you know, the kicker for the Saints because they're going to play half their games inside and they're, they're, that's perfect conditions to kick a ball. You know, a Steelers kicker might not have the best weather, cold, Packers. rainy, outside, windy. Yeah, like that's not saying like that person can't have a good year, but like it's a lot tougher to have a good year if you don't have like optimal conditions every other game. That's a really good point because if you're playing a snow game, you're not you're not going to go for a field goal farther than 35, 40 yards. Yeah, it might be tough or yeah, wind and 
elements right like field conditions because it's maybe it rained all week but it's nice for the game now I, you know there's a lot if you have an indoor guy like half of his games are going to be very ideal yeah and in my experience playing fantasy football you know it's not like i can point to a number of games i won thanks to my kicker um the only scenario where that makes sense is i had only my kicker playing monday night and he got seven points so i won or i lost Right. If you didn't have a kicker, you that would change a lot of things, though. I mean, if you just didn't have a kicker. So it does matter a little bit. But yeah, as far as would I have won with this or this, maybe the best kicker of the week would have won you that game, but maybe not the other guy you would have chosen, you know, that got one more point than your guy. Yeah, I know. You- they're very interchangeable kickers i feel like oh 100 percent. well and that's how i am with defense like because i'm picking them last so i get left with kind of not the best and so they're a very active team or player that i'm dropping and picking up a different team based on who that team's playing or how that team's year's going that's what i look at a lot at a defense who are they playing this week are they playing tom brady or are they playing geno smith you know, like that's pretty easy who I'm going to pick up off the waiver wire. Like I'm taking that, that defense. Oh yeah. And you know, in basically every league I've seen, nobody's holding two defenses. So if you have, you've got the bills or the bucks defense and it's their bye week on week 10, uh, you know, go ahead and just drop that, that team completely and pick up a new one. Somebody else may pick it up on a waiver, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Uh, defense no. special teams, they're not going to win you a game. Like you said, they could potentially lose you one if they're playing Monday night and you're already ahead. So you chose to just go with no defense. Yeah. Talking about it now, I'd like to go back and, you know, let's say last year, I want to see the top defense points scored, you know, points earned. I don't know. I guess you can't say score. I don't know if it's scored or earned, whatever. And the last and like, and see what the difference is. It would just be interesting to see like percentage wise because if you go from quarter top quarterback to lowest quarterback like that that's massive could be massive but you know maybe the defense i'm interested to look at that now me too but very interchangeable if you're holding a defense because they're on a buy they better be really good <laughs> like that's just my opinion same with the kicker you know if i'm hard pressed to say i've ever had two kickers on my team at one time yeah there's there's 32 teams out there so i don't see a reason to have two defenses or two kickers even if your kicker is great you got justin tucker or harrison butker um they're scoring you a lot of points now they're on a bye week are you going to drop your backup running back that you like so Mm. you can get a different kicker for the bye week it's tough. I, I There may be some arguments for special occasions where you do have like someone, a kicker who's been consistently getting you, you know, over 10 points a game. Like it, that might be hard to give up. Um, so I could see it. Like, I know there's an argument there, but most of the time there's not. Yeah. I remember, um, I think it was, was Harrison Butker uh, of the Chiefs, but I remember they had like 45 points. The Chiefs did. And he had like seven points because it was all just extra points. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, that, that kind of sucks. Cause the team that they faced 
against their kicker had 13 fantasy points, you know, because he maybe had, a lot more. Yeah, he had a couple put you to 40 yard field goals. So, but yeah, I don't think I don't think you should have two kickers or two defenses uh, no. in, in your roster. It seems a little bit ridiculous. Is there a move that you can do specifically to screw other teams? So could I mm-hmm. could I fill my bench with the five best tight ends so that everyone else in my league has a garbage tight end? You could. It would be probably funny, you know, for a little bit, but like at the same time, like your team can't be very good at that point. <laughs> so you would only be doing it to screw other people. <laughs> there is a move and it's it's dirty. There's some just there's some little things you can do, yeah, that are bad. Um, like I had la- I think it was last year I was playing someone and they didn't realize that they had like you know someone on a buy like a defense. I think it was a defense or a kicker, one of those two. Like not super important, but definitely important to your overall score. And it got to like Monday, so like, all the games have played, and there was only like there was like one or two defenses on the bench that he could pick up and put in maybe even one. Cause so many games had gone through, you know, they've already played. He can't put someone in that's already played. It, it was something like that, that I saw, I picked them up and then dropped them. And, you know, now they're on waivers for a day or two. So yeah, there's some, that's a weird specific scenario that like, isn't always going to come true uh, because you had someone just didn't look at their defense or whatever, but I saw an opportunity and I actually think I lost that game. Um, (laughs) But um, not for the effort of trying, (laughs) Um, but yeah, so there's things like that, that you can do, or, you know, I'm not saying like this is to better yourself, but I mean, you know, have Alexander Madison on your bench because, you know, he's the guy if cook goes down and they run the ball pretty good. So, I mean, that's, you know, have some of those guys look out for those guys because they're, if you have cook you sh- and you're, you know, all in on cook, like he might be someone you should have on your bench because if not someone else is, and then you just lost that team's running back, which is big. I mean, a starting running back is big. Someone who gets a lot of touches is, is big. All right. Jake, do you have any TV recommendations for us? Oh, like not football? Not football. What have you been watching lately? That's awesome. Well, I guess you could watch that Monte Teo doc. Have you seen that? No. Oh, gosh. That's a good two hours of your life. Um, yeah. I mean, you know who he is, right? Monte no. Teo. He was really good linebacker for Notre Dame. And took Notre Dame to the national championship. And I think he came in maybe second to Manziel in the Heisman that year as a linebacker, which is, that's pretty tough to do. Um, Anyways, I didn't know, I knew there's like something happened, but then when I watched this doc, I was like, yeah, I didn't know this happened. Um, It's good. He gets catfished. I didn't even know what that term was prior to watching that doc. I guess it's a trendy new word that people have come up with for... I'm aware of catfishing. Yes. Yes. So he got catfished big time. 
Okay, I'm going to have to watch that. Where is that at? That is Netflix, I believe. Okay, I'm definitely going to watch that. I'm into that. Did you yeah. watch... Um, Hulu has a new show called Wrexham, where Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney, I hope I said his last name right, from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, buy a soccer team in Wales, or football team in Wales. And... Uh, there's only two episodes. I watched it last night. Uh, I don't know if last night was the, the premiere or it was a few days ago, but um, I think that show is going to be awesome. That's good. I haven't seen that one. And Wrexham, W R E X H A M, I believe. I'm assuming that's the name of their team. Yes. Okay. And um, the town, yeah, that, sounds, I that sounds pretty good. I mean, when I think of soccer TV, you know, I think of Lasso, which was very good. Yeah, I, right now I'm into a lot of docs. I don't know why. Just real life stuff seems to interest me. Not that there aren't really good shows out there. I just finished um, Better Call Saul. Just finished up like two weeks ago. Um, series finale. That was really good. I think they did a really good job. That that storyline is really good. The way that did you watch it? Oh yeah, I haven't. I'm probably like two seasons behind because. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like at first I was super annoyed with like the, you know, after Breaking Bad Saul, they would show for like 10 minutes and then you would get the actual story of, you know, the prequel Saul. And I did like, didn't like it at first, but like after this season, I'm like, that was a genius way to, to do a TV show where they had those two, you know, timelines, you know, ones here starting then you have Breaking Bad in the middle and then you're seeing like the timeline after. So they did a really good job. I thought that was a really good show. And so was Breaking Bad, obviously. Um, The Resort is one I've just started watching. It's actually pretty good. I was trying to think of non like doc type stuff because that's what I have been watching a lot. That's one that's not doc. It's like a mystery drama thriller. Um, It's pretty good, actually. It's on peacock surprisingly usually say that you know normally it's either on hbo max or netflix or hulu you know peacock's getting some shows i guess there was a show i watched recently on netflix i gotta check the title but i think it's called this is not happening um a a very short comedy sketch show no that's not it it's not this is not happening gosh i always is it that is it the the murder one no, I did watch that and I loved it though. Did you know my wife and I started that and we have, I have a 10 month old and a three and a half year old. And we, I saw, um, God, what's that, that guy's name? He's super funny. The main guy in that, uh, what is the title of that show? It's something murder, isn't it? Something like that. I, I mean, I watched all of it. It had Conan O'Brien and Marshall. Yeah. Anyways, I saw like, I, I saw like, oh, this is a new show. Oh, it has this guy. He's really funny. He's a detective. Cool. I turned it on. You know, it happens to be like, okay, we got to do bedtime. So it's like on, but I'm not watching it. You know, bedtime happens. I come back, start watching it again. And I'm like, this is the worst show I've ever seen. What is this? And I realized that the, you know, the guest star was, didn't have a script. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this show is the best show ever. But for the, for, the Conan, 
for the Conan episode, like I missed the first like 10, five to 10 minutes, which is very important. If, yep. if that is your, if you haven't seen the show or know the premise, like you need to see the beginning because you find out that the guy doesn't have a script, but not knowing that and trying and watching it, you're like, this is terrible. What, like, why didn't they cut this out? Like, <laughs> I didn't know Conan <laughs> O'Brien was such a terrible actor. Yeah. Like why didn't, don't, didn't they edit this? Like they missed a bunch of stuff, but when, you know, when you find out like those are the, the good parts, the parts that they, sh- you know, in a normal show would be cut out because they don't have a script. Okay. The show I wanted to tell you about, it's called, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. It's a hilarious show. The episodes are very short, like 20 minutes or something like that. And it's a, a sketch comedy show where he like puts himself in the most awkward, most uncomfortable situation. And then he does the worst thing. And uh, my wife hated it because it made her uncomfortable. But I was oh, dying. One of those laughing like, where you're like, don't want to watch type like the train wrecks happening but yes you have to watch but you don't want to yeah i like that i could get I, into that i thought it was hilarious just absolutely I will, hilarious i am always looking for things because i feel like i watch everything and so if there is something i missed like i want to know about it i do i don't even know how i get to watch that much tv with two kids but i somehow do watch a lot too much probably i watch too much tv too but it always starts like I turn on the TV after dinner and then that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so it's like, as soon as it, if I turn the TV on, that's what I'm doing the rest of the night. Yeah. It's different here. You know, I get to watch TV, you know, after bedtime pretty much. Cause if the kids are up, we're probably watching, you know, something a little more appropriate and, you know, maybe or you're watching hard. tangled for the 17th time that day. Oh gosh. If, if you invited me to like Pixar trivia, like I would be all about that because we would rock. I mean, nothing against Pixar, great movies, but I have seen them a lot and over and over and over a lot. Oh yeah. With real little kids, it's very interesting that the movie is over and like, let's watch it again. My son likes Luca. Have you seen Luca? Luca, I don't know if I've seen Luca. I think it probably came out last year. Pixar movie. Really good. It's good. I mean, it is good. But, you know, after the 30th time, it's not as good. But, you know, the first 10 times are pretty good. You couldn't pay me to watch Frozen again. I have seen Frozen Mm. 200 times. Yeah, I've I haven't seen it that many. I've seen it a lot right now. Fallon likes to like play, you know, Frozen. So yes, I'm very in the Frozen realm right now. She has, you know, Elsa and Anna Barbies. So I don't have to watch it as much because she, you know, she she likes imagining and playing with them right now. So yeah, we're I haven't seen Frozen in a while. You know, it's been a couple months. <laughs> I haven't watched Frozen in a long time, but my daughter is 12 now, so uh, she's not watching Frozen as much anymore. No, I, I like going, you know, back to I'll I'll throw on Toy Story because I feel like, you know, not that I was a kid when that came out, but it's it's a good one. All those Toy Story movies are so good. Yeah, they are good. Um trying to think of maybe one more that um oh yeah, it's new. You should watch it. It's a doc, of course. Um it's something about the 
devil like in the title it's just like maybe running with the devil or i don't know anyways it's about i mean i know the guy i didn't know anything about him you know other than he like made the antivirus software john i think his name's john, john McAfee. McAfee. anyways it's a new doc about him and like these he was on the run and he these guys from vice you know it's like a new is it thing. new or is it a few years old it's not new if it's I... not brand new i'm gonna be embarrassed because i saw it yesterday and thought it was like if i hadn't seen it before i would definitely would have watched it you know two years ago maybe there's another one maybe there's a different one is this the one where they question if he's dead or not i mean i think there are people who think that he's not but i don't know that they really questioned it a whole lot in this thing this was like a lot of him on the run with this these two guys from vice that were you know journalists that were with him when he was on the run running with the devil what did i say Something like exactly like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's new. I have to check that out because there was one that came out on Showtime probably four or five years ago. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. That went into his situation on whatever island he ended up in. And he was like buying the police department boats and cars. Yeah. Um, and so they just stopped like, okay, um, laws don't apply to him because he is the police department. Mm-hmm. yeah this was like he murdered his neighbor or something yeah he's yeah i don't think they ever figured that out actually um well because the police yeah. weren't interested because they were buying he was buying them stuff the dead yeah, neighbor's not doing anything for him i guess as a country they were saying that he you know he's on the run from us but maybe they were like you know just said that to make it look good um well they really didn't care what he was doing but yeah this is like two guys that he picked i guess you know he could have picked anyone that would have said yes to you know letting him do an interview with him at this point after he's wanted for murder um but yeah these guys were with him like for all the time he was on the run it was pretty interesting yeah and he was on a boat for a while because he owed the the u.s like seven million dollars in back taxes or something yeah it could have been more than that um yeah, he was wanted in the U.S. for tax evasion. Um, he, he was on the Joe Rogan show from a boat. It's oh, one he of the, was? Yeah, oh, that's the, cool. One that's of the funny. very few remote interviews Joe's done. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, it was weird. He, he definitely seemed like there was something, like obviously he's a smart dude, right? I think he worked at NASA and then, you know, started this company that was Intel bought for $7 billion. So, you know, obviously smart, but I, I don't know. He, there's something missing up there. It seemed kind of crazy. Definitely seemed a little bit crazy. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was, yeah, that's the last thing I've watched. I'm going to have to watch that. Cause I'm definitely interested in that guy. Yeah. That, that, that's cool that you've seen the, there was another one because I just did that with, um, did you see the Woodstock one? Yes, I haven't. I didn't watch the brand new Woodstock one, but I watched the one that was on HBO, HBO like a year ago or something. Yeah, so I watched the Netflix one and then randomly was on HBO and like it popped up because it probably knew I watched it in this other app, you know, because they know that kind of stuff. But it was like popped up and I was like, is this? No, this isn't the same. Like, this is a different one. So I watched them both. So it was kind of, I don't know, cool to get two different angles on the same topic, you know? Is it worth watching the Netflix one? Because I watched the HBO one and 
when I turned it off, I was angry because it was like the whole point of the HBO one. It was like young men are evil and it's all their fault. I don't, I didn't have that vibe after the Netflix one. I felt like it was put together like terribly by the people who, you know, put it on. And it had a lot to do with, you know, the flooding and the lack of water and the price gouging and just the control that they didn't have over the crowd after a while. Um, So I don't know. I didn't feel that way after the Netflix one, but I mean, you could, you could get that from there because that was crazy. I wouldn't, I'm glad I wasn't there, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, we were what, like 13, 14 at the time or something like that. So. Yeah, sixth sixth grade, I think, 99. All right, Jake, I want you to plug something that you're not involved in at all. It could be your uncle's plumbing business, or it could be uh, this new hairbrush you got that you think is amazing. That is tough. (laughs) Uh, You caught me off guard there. Um, I don't know. Uh, Honestly, drawing a huge, huge blank. Timberstone Golf Course in this area. I know no one's from here, but uh, if you do come to the area, they probably have the best greens in in the valley here. Where's Timberstone? It is. Um, I think it's a Caldwell address, but it's like it's closer to like Homedale, so it is out there. Um, I, don't, I really didn't know what to say there, but I, I do play golf of, a lot. Of eighty four or north? Uh, south. Yeah, south. Yeah, it's it's actually off of Ustick. Okay. So Ustick, like, I don't know if you've ever looked at it. Like, you look at a map of the area. Like, Ustick has got to be the longest road in Idaho. That's not a highway. Like, it starts in Boise and goes to, like, Oregon almost. <laughs> and it's not a highway. It's, like, a two-lane road. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about that, it's, that's probably right. I sell insurance. I know I'm not supposed to plug myself, like you said, but I was, I was just at my buddy's, my buddy's a sales manager at Con Palos. They sell Chevy products. That's a good place to go if you're, if you're looking for a, a Chevy product. What do you have to plug, Jake? Yeah, I help people with risk in their life. Is that a good way to say that I um, sell insurance? So I do home, auto, life insurance, we have pet insurance, pretty much. You know, if there's a risk and someone needs insurance, I sell any kind of insurance product there is for Liberty Mutual. And actually, it's kind of weird. They, um, they're, they're trying to, they're doing something different. So they moved us all to a company called Comparion. So it's a new, really like super agency um, where now, you know, not only can we offer Liberty, but we offer, you know, a lot of other carriers. So it's, it's nice, you know, being able to offer more than just one carrier because not every carrier is going to work out for, for every person and their different needs. You know, maybe they're a young driver. <laughs> um, not every company wants one of those. So, um, yeah, it's nice just to have options. And this is a true story. You are my insurance agent. I am all the way in Colorado. You tried to get me to do it, but I just basically didn't respond to you and I don't know what's going on in my own life. So uh, either you made the smart move to talk to my wife about it or she reached out to you. (laughs) I did. It was probably like after a while, you know, because I'm not going to twist anyone's arm. You know, that's not how I am. If it makes sense, I might like, dude, what are you doing? You know, why are you not 
instantly pocketing this money every month. So that's when I would maybe twist someone's arm, but yeah, I just, yeah. Roped in the wife. Cause you know, maybe she's the one that uh, deals with that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Cause you were asking me like, Hey, uh, do you have this document? And I'm like, I've never even heard of that. You don't know what you're talking about. You and then my wife was like, up. yeah, of course I have that document. <laughs> yeah. There are some terms out there that uh, might be new to someone who maybe hasn't dealt with that stuff. Yeah, I usually just, that kind of stuff, I just pass it off to my wife. Like, I'll pay for it. Just tell me what we're doing. Yeah, what does this mean? <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's crazy. There's a lot, a lot that goes into it. Um, but yeah, uh, everyone needs it. It's very important. Life insurance, I think, is more important than home and auto. But it's, you know, the law to have auto. And, you know, it's not a law to have life. But if you're gone, you know, that's way bigger loss than you know if you wrecked your car oh yeah and the idea that your family now has to pay for your funeral and if you didn't have any life insurance to cover that um yeah i've had relatives that passed away that um died without any money and so now their loved ones are now paying for this yeah Um, it is so i've fronted the bill for that kind of stuff and it's it's not awesome no and it's a it's a big burden, especially if it's someone close, you know, and you shouldn't even have to think about money when something like that happens, you know, especially if it's unexpected, you know? Um, But yeah, it's like the cheapest thing out there to get. And so many people choose not to have it. Who is the, the person that needs life insurance the most that may or may not have it? Yeah. Young family. I mean, that person, yeah, I don't know how old they are, but you know, if I had to say the average age of a, a young family is maybe twenty-five to twenty-seven, like it is the cheapest, you know, bill possibly that you could have for the month. But you just had a child, and they counted on your pay for eighteen years, so you should have that much money in life insurance, and you would, you know, at that age in good health, you know, obviously you know, you can't be, but you know, I'd say most 25 to 27 year olds are in good health. Um, you know, they're, it's nothing it's pennies, you know, a day. Yeah. A, a healthy 25 year old can get a really awesome life insurance policy for a couple bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what I see. I've helped all sorts of people with life insurance. And the hardest is I used to help a lot of people with final expense policies and, you know, I know every situation is different, but they're tr- now they're trying to plan for this and, you know, trying to just cover the funeral, maybe not even the whole thing. Cause those things are crazy expensive now. And like, it was just sick to see what some of the people were paying for this $10,000 policy, but it's cause they tried to plan for it when they're 65, 70, you know, if they would have done this 20 years ago, you know, they would have paid 20 bucks a month, 30, you know, not a hundred. Okay. Here's the most important insurance question. At what number life insurance? Is it too appealing to my spouse to kill me? That's a good question. Hmm. Do I know the relationship of the couple? I mean, you know, there could be, I mean, some, some people's, you know, one spouse, you know, one wife would say, you know, 500,000. (laughs) 200,000. I mean, there's going to be some pretty low numbers there, Uh, but you know, I'd say the average, you know, happy couple. uh, Yeah. I mean, everyone's got a number. I don't know 
you know what it is but yeah there's a number there i'm sure for everybody what number is it before your wife starts to debate killing you my wife mm-hmm. you know you just took out that 500 million dollar life insurance policy i don't know she's pretty good she is <laughs> definitely not doesn't care a whole ton about money it, it'd have to be you know 50 million you know something kind of crazy you know someone else's number would be a lot lower i feel like wouldn't it be great if we could get our wives to honestly answer this question and write it down on a piece of paper that we would never see and then of course we get to peek at that and so you and i are standing next to each other you open the envelope and your wife said 78 million and i open my my Here's envelope three less zeros <laughs> 78 grand 78 grand yeah uh that would be a wild uh experiment social experiment you know so you get you get to look at it you know if they passed away before you like that could never be a detail that you both knew about together because you know probably wouldn't be a good thing to add into a marriage uh, that there was a number but yeah yeah you should be able to look at it after they if you know if you outlived them you could look at it then or we could set it up as a game show and each the man and the woman or both sides of the relationship write the number down and then they reveal them to each other at the same time i said 500 million and you only said eight hundred thousand dollars. oh yeah that I'd watch it a little bit. I think the numbers would be drastically different. Oh, of course. Of course. It'd be pretty interesting to see. (laughs) But yeah, you got to be good at other things to, you know, have someone killed and get away with it and collect on their life insurance. Because I mean, that's the number one, you know, thing they go and look at. That's motive right there. Oh, right. And you opened the policy 17 days before he... Fell down several flights of stairs oh, while holding knives add, and scissors. Yeah, you just added some. Like, look no further. Like, the investigation stops here. <laughs> they increased this, uh, you know, last month. I, We don't need to look at anyone else. All right, Jake. Well, if uh, somebody wants to reach out to you and tell you that uh, your takes on fantasy football are ignorant and you don't know what you're talking about, or if they oh, want to yeah. tell you that you're a genius and uh, you're awesome, is there somewhere where people can find you? Yeah, probably more places than I should be. Yeah, I don't know. I have Facebook, I have Instagram, Jake Weber, Meridian, Idaho. You can probably find me. I mean, if you Googled that right now, it'd pull up my you know insurance page. So there's you easily can get in contact with me. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Jake, is there anything we didn't cover? Is there something you wanted to tell me I didn't ask you? Hopefully, you know someone took something from it maybe maybe it's someone's first year and they might have a tiny leg up now and they can hit you up over which kicker they should run yeah gosh i i didn't think about that i could get be getting a lot of you know espn fantasy live questions coming at me we'll see you know after a while i'd have to start charging if it got too out of hand but uh no i'll take some questions for sure Uh, thanks for doing this jake i really appreciate it it was good talking to you i haven't seen you in a little bit i know i know we need to come out em and i were just talking about that we will figure it out thanks for having me no problem we'll see you around jake see ya are you looking for a new insurance agent that loves football jake weber's your man you can find him online or in the show notes thank you to jake weber for his help with my fantasy team thank you to russell colbert for his help with my real team 
I'm Darren Schaefer, and thank you for listening to The Book of Darren. Forget about it. This book is not for you.